Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, joined this week by two of the gentlemen of the MCT Podcast, three people that could probably collectively walk on at Oral Roberts and beat Ohio State. Uh, it is uh, Chris Simmons and Michael Robinson. But hey, there you know what? It is. <laughs> We're not here to talk about how bad <laughs> Michael's choices in basketball teams are. We're here Jeez. to talk baseball it is finally time you know you know what's great about this is is that we talked about when when we first talked about getting another podcast the youtube exclusive only podcast um we talked about it in the sense that like you know we with this in mind with like you know with we with you know you guys wanting to talk baseball and wanting to get into the baseball season so glad that we finally get this opportunity Mm -hmm. i know chris you've done our baseball specials in the past but i'm really excited to get into this you know baseball season is finally here we don't have to worry about at least as of right now knock on wood anything you know delaying it we're gonna get a full 62 as as uh as what we're expecting I can't believe it. I can't wait. Um, as as good as last year was in the in the shortened season that we had, it never really felt like a baseball season, and 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 already feels this year. You you can just feel the difference. I mean, even just with having a spring training, that that right. that has made such a difference in and of itself, in my opinion. That like just having that kind of puts you almost back into that normal mindset of. Of, of things. And, and, you know, you're looking at guys that exploded this spring and now you get that fun conversation of like, can they carry it over into the regular season? So uh, where we just didn't have that last year. And um, so it's, it, it already feels like a win uh, this season. And I tell you what, just being able to look forward to watching baseball every day from the 1st of April until late October is just going to feel so magical again. And I cannot wait for that first pitch to get thrown. And even though last year, yeah, it was a marathon, but because of the way everything was structured, if you if your team had a bad couple of weeks, that was it. And now, right mm-hmm. now, you can you can afford to start off slow, and your team still be in it. And I think it's what's going to be better for a lot of fans because you, after after a month, you're like, oh well, just not going to watch anymore. It's all over. Done. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, absolutely, it's going to be it's going to be nice to get back to normal. Oh, yeah, for sure. Very excited about the season this year. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. We're going to go division by division here to start off. Talk about some of the storylines starting in the American League. uh, First with the AL East. First, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, you know, they were just in the World Series, uh, but they end up trading Blake Snell. They let Charlie Morton walk. Um, but they do bring back Chris Archer and they had, uh, they did sign Michael Waka also, uh, over to the Yankees. They re-signed DJ LeMahieu, traded for Jamison Tyon, signed Corey Kluber and Darren O'Day. Um, interested to see how Corey Kluber does after he's had some injury plagued years and Darren O'Day is back with, uh, Zach Britton, which will be interesting. The Blue Jays sign George Springer. There was talks at one point that they would be able to sign Michael Brantley too, but that fell through. They also add Marcus Simeon, which is nice. And I didn't realize Kirby Yates was there, which is going to be, I think, sneaky good down the line. Uh, The Red Sox, they trade Andrew Benintendi because why not? What's any talent that you want to retain? Let's just get rid of everyone. They did sign Marwin Gonzalez and Kike Hernandez. So they're nothing if not versatile in the field. They can move guys around, which will be interesting. Um, and then the Orioles, uh, they're just still in rebuild mode. Obviously, they did acquire 
uh, Matt Harvey, Felix Hernandez. So I'm really excited about their 2015 season. Uh, Yolmer Sanchez <laughs> and Freddie Galvis are also on the roster as well. So that's kind of what's been happening over in the AL uh, East, which begs the question. We're going to do higher or cold a little bit different um, this uh, this time around. Um, <clears throat> we're going to uh, you know do it for each division instead of just waiting to the end and doing all um, questions at one time. So hot or cold? First question this time about the AL East: Did acquiring George Springer put Toronto ahead of Tampa Bay? In my opinion, it did. Um, I th- I'm going with a hot take here. The Jays were better than the Rays last year in home runs, RBIs, average, slugging, OPS. They were the better hitting team. What made the Tampa Bay Rays good last year was their pitching, and they got rid of that. I mean, I I don't think – like, I don't think that can really just go – because a lot of people are still high on the Rays, and I was like, they let go of – you know, Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. That's not nothing. I mean, I mean, it would be like – you know, it would be like the Cubs trading you Darvish. No, it would be like (laughs) – it would be like – you know, I mean, I just can't think of another scenario where you trade your. No, it really young. is because you you were almost there. You traded you Darvish and let John Lester go. It's it's almost the same two pieces, right? But and like, and I don't think that's going to go unnoticed because it's like, yeah. yes, you're bringing in Chris Archer, but what does he really have left in the tank? I want to see him come back. The storyline kind of reminds me a little oh. bit of Derrick Rose, in 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 the sense that like, you know, okay. he's was really you know really you know really highly regarded. Then kind of fell off a little bit, and this is kind of his redemption arc, I think. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Michael Waka, yeah. you know, I I like Michael Waka well enough. I'm glad he's not in a Michael Cardinals Walker. uniform anymore. Um, but uh, we'll see what he's got left in the tank. But I don't think you can get rid of your Cy Young pitcher and your you know the guy that's carried your staff uh, the last couple of years, and a right. couple guys that carried your staff the last couple of years, and still expect uh, to be at that same level. Um, and then, I mean, George Springer, whenever these two teams play, will easily be the best player on either roster. Um, and the Jays were on pace with the pitching staff that they have and the bats that they have, minus George Springer, were on pace for 86 wins last year. So with adding guys like Simeon, and I know we're not talking about Simeon right now, but adding, you know, you mm-hmm. know what they added and then coming in, you know, with the big cherry on top of George Springer, I mean, I think that that, you know, puts them far and away better. So I think, you know, We'll see how it all plays out. The Rays, you know, usually are very calculated and, and you know, are very analytic driven. We'll see what they have in store. But I think, you know, just putting, you know, putting a roster up, you know, and look, seeing what they're going to do on the course of a season, I think the Jays are better. Yeah. Um, un- unfortunately, on this topic, I'm going to agree with you. Not unfortunate because I did like the Blue Jays. I actually really like Toronto. Um, they're a hard team to root against for any reason. They- they've been a lot of fun to watch just as a baseball fan in years past from Jose Bautista and Josh Donaldson to, you know, they've had some magical moments and some magical runs. They're, they're a fun franchise. Um, it's just unfortunate because I'm not a fan of George Springer or what he, you know, where he was, what he did there. And, and so it-, it sucks that, you know, a, a good player like that, is going to go help this, you know, help another team out. But on here's the thing: on paper, this is a huge move for Toronto. I actually applaud them for going out and uh, spending money and 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 spending big money um, after a COVID year to bring some big talent in to to make that move, especially in what what's going to be a competitive AL East. I think where you've got you know the Yankees who are the Yankees, the Red Sox. I mean, they're still the Red Sox. They they they're going to be a thorn in the side. The Rays are there. The Blue Jays. 
I mean, it's not going to be an easy division to win. So for them to go out and feel like they can compete is, is a telling sign. Um, but yeah, I think right now on paper going for it, especially this move is that, as you said, the cherry on top, uh, it does put them over those reigning AL champs for now. And the fact is, look, George Springer's a career average. He's got a career average of 270. He's 361 on base percentage and he's a 491 slugger. That's good. That's not bad. That's, that's really, really good across the board. He gets on base. He has some power. He hits for a high average. He's going to be a middle of the lineup kind of guy for years to come. I mean, this year um, on, on uh, baseball stat reference, he's projected to be a 30 home run year, 30 homer guy. And his career average is about 35. So, I mean, you add that kind of pop and power into the middle of your lineup, any lineup gets infused with that. It's going to look a lot better than it did because that just helps round out the rest of the guys out there. And, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to have a, you know, potentially have a big year. I mean, Toronto looks really good. Uh, so, yeah, I think right now they are on paper better than better than those Rays. So for me, I'm I'm going to say that Toronto is going to be better than Tampa Bay, but I don't I'm not going to say it's fully because of George Springer. While he helps and he helps a ton, I think it's the development of Bo Bichette, Biggio, mm. Vladdy Jr. If Nate Pearson can come out and be healthy, like these young, this young core of talent that's all in Toronto right now is going to help propel them above Tampa Bay. I think if Randy Arozarena comes out hot and if Chris, Chris Archer can regain some of that magic that he had when he was back in Tampa, it'll be a little bit more difficult. But I don't see the Rays competing as much with Toronto if all these pieces can perform and stay healthy as they are projected to be. And I, the Kirby Yates is one of those big ones I think is underrated because the Bull Jays bullpen really only had one or two good arms and then everyone else, like that's where they would lose games. They would lose them late because the bullpen would give it up. And I, Kirby Yates is a big signing that I, don't, I wish more people were talking about. Yeah. And I mean, and also, uh, you know, what's, what's you know good about the George Springer move too is the fact that like, you know, we, you know, Chris, we went through it. I know you went through it a little bit last year, Michael, with all the things that they did, you know, the Reds did with getting Castellanos. We went through it with the Cubs getting Lester that like when you make yep. that move, that shows your whole clubhouse that you're going for it. And that, um, and that lifts the morale of your team as well, makes your, the rest of your team play up. Now you mentioned the pitching, Michael, and that's good to, to mention as well, because the fact that the Blue Jays had Michael Brantley essentially signed and didn't end up you know, getting him shows that they still had money to spend and they could have addressed pitching with that money uh, and elected not to. So not to say that they're like, yeah, these are, you know, Cy Young candidate, you know, awesome pitchers, but they feel like their pitching staff is good enough. I mean, I've always been, you know, a Tanner uh, Roark apologist. I always think he's pretty decent. He's on that rotation. Robbie Ray, uh, I think can have a bounce back year. We're only a couple of years removed from him being really good. Nate Pearson's a good prospect. They have hung Jin Ryu. Like, They've got, I think, a pitching staff that is good enough, uh, or at least as good as the Rays. Maybe not as good as manipulating it as the Rays, but definitely as good as like talent to talent, roster to roster. Don't they also have Kenta Maeda? Or am I wrong? No, they're on the. He's on the Twins. You're right, Minnesota. That other yeah. cold weather team up north. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and then you know, the last thing I'll say about Springer too is you bring a veteran bat like that in, and as as Michael alluded to, that young core that's just kind of breaking into the scene. Imagine what that core is going to gain from just having a guy like George Springer, who's been through pun intended. He, Springer's been through the ringer and has you know won a World Series and lost one and been there. I mean, he has made multiple playoff runs. He knows what it takes to be on a winning team, and if he can bring that to 
the Biggio and Boba and Vlad juniors of the world. I mean, that's, that's invaluable experience for those young guys as well. Absolutely. And keep in mind, I, I do think that the Yankees are the team to beat instead of Tampa Bay. I know Tampa won it last year. But I think the Yankees are the team to beat because of who they added. So the Blue Jays right. have to be really good in a tough American league to get that wild card spot. And that's what's going to be kind of the determining factor is how well they perform outside of their division, outside of, you know, you can't just beat up on the Red Sox and the Orioles all the time and expect to contend for that white um, wildcard spot. You have to do well throughout the season because I don't, I don't see them beating the Yankees, but it's going to be tough to see if they can actually double dip and go back to the postseason where they unfortunately uh, had a first round knockout. Right. Well, moving on now to the AL Central, uh, starting with the Minnesota Twins, they added Anderson Simmons. Um, they added J.A. Happ. That, that left side of the infield uh, with Anderson Simmons, Josh Donaldson, I mean, that's going to be fun to watch if you got nothing to do and want to watch a you know, Minnesota Twins game. I mean, for us, I mean, we're not going to, you know, that's not front row seeing for us, but if they're on, I mean, it's worth a watch. Um, <laughs> they, also, yep. they also re-signed Nelson Cruz, which is big. Um, the Chicago White Sox, they acquire Lance Lynn. They sign uh, Liam Hendricks as well. Now, of course, we're going to talk about their big loss here in a second. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, they trade away Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco, but they do bring Eddie Rosario from the, uh, you know, a division rival in the Twins. Eddie Rosario is a good, you know, solid hitter, so they do bring him back. The Kansas City Royals uh, continue to at least you know try and put a passable team out there, which is nice to see. Well, I mean, you know, they could be the Orioles and the Tigers yeah. and just be like, eh, whatever, here you go. Uh, right. But they're at least right. being like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna you know give our fans you know something to cheer for, something to get excited about. Um, they yeah. acquire Andrew Benintendi, which might be a piece they build around for the future. I mean, we saw how they built their team around like Alex Gordon, Lorenzo Kane back in the day, so maybe he's like a similar piece for them. They do add Carlos Santana as well and bring back Mike Miner and Greg Holland, and then the Detroit Tigers they acquire Robbie Grossman and Omar Mazzara as well as re-sign Jonathan Scope. Now. You know, we just talked about a center fielder in George Springer. Now we're going to talk about another outfielder and what I alluded to earlier mm. with the Chicago White Sox. Mm. And that is, uh, is it time to exit the Chicago White Sox bandwagon hot or cold because Eloy Jimenez out five to six months with injury. So not sure whether that means, I mean, they didn't, it's always weird how they word injury reports because like, if he's going to be out for the season, just stays out for the season. Don't like, but five to six months, I guess technically leaves that wiggle room for him to be back for the playoffs. So I, I guess that's kind of why you word yeah. it the way that you word it. Cause he's not, you don't know if he's going to be out the entire season, uh, but still is it time to exit the bandwagon for me. It's cold. Originally when I was thinking about it, um, it was kind of lukewarm for me. It's kind of in the middle for me, regardless. Like, I think obviously they their their chances at the postseason, their chances at the division take a, a, a pretty strong hit. I mean, Eloy uh, was second on the team in slugging in 2019. He was second on the team in slugging in 2020, third in average and OPS plus. Um, I think they're still a top five roster in the AL. Their pitching has obviously improved. I mean, Lance Lynn, Dallas Keiko, Lucas Giolito, um, all those guys. They have Liam Hendricks in the bullpen, and they have Jose Abreu, uh, Tim Anderson, and Luis Robert. We'll see what that has in store. But again, this is, you know, I was thinking about it earlier today, Chris, you know, likening it. You know, I know you've likened these White Sox to the, you know, at least last year to the 2015 Cubs. Uh, this yeah. would be like the 2016 Cubs losing Chris Bryant at the beginning of the year and not having him. Like, yeah. obviously, yeah. obviously they're still going to be good 
but that's just a really tough blow to take as well. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. That is a that's a huge blow to take, and I and I appreciate you getting that call back to uh, me me comparing into the 2015 Cubs because that's really where they feel and felt before. Um, and I mean, and you know, let, if you want to talk about war, you know, wins above replacement. Eloy is, you know, I would say a five to ten kind of war guy. I mean, you're so if you're projecting, you know, the White Sox before the Eloy injury to win 95 games you're probably looking at an 85 to a 90 win team. Now it just based on that loss, that's as big of a law of a one person loss as can be, but I'm still going to go with this is ice cold for a couple of things. Cause like I said, don't get me wrong. Losing Eloy is a big blow, um, but he's just, he's not the only guy that makes this team go. That's the good thing about this roster is he is a full roster. It's not so bad as like the angels losing Mike Trout for the year where you're like, Oh, well now there's just, okay, cool. We've got 45 year old Albert Pujols. Yay. Like, and I mean, Anthony Rendon, other pieces, Shohei Otani, obviously, but you get my point. Justin um, Upton. You're right. Yeah. He's, there, he's other guys. Played, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's not that deep where, you know, if, if the Angels were to lose Trout, I think any postseason hopes they had would be dashed. The White Sox, I think, are still a really, really really good team even minus Eloy if Luis Robert takes another step forward I mean he's in a a top top you know elite level status Tim Anderson is an MVP contender Jose Abreu just won the AL MVP he is still an MVP contender as you mentioned they added Liam Hendricks Lance Lynn Dallas Keuchel Lucas Giolito is a Cy Young contender I mean you've got a lot of pieces there and outside of the Twins, I don't see the Central being a very tough division. You're going to get games against Detroit. Cleveland is obviously selling. I mean, you're, you're going to rack up some wins in that one. And I think, you know, that playoff loss to the Oakland A's last year for the White Sox kind of woke them up a little bit to prepare them for this year and, and, and to be able to, to, you know, bounce back from losing Eloy before the year starts, I think they're in a position to do that. My biggest question for the White Sox still is that manager spot. How does LaRusa, you know, how does Tony LaRusa right. fit in with all these young guys? So I think that's what I'm looking forward, looking to, to see from them more so even than the Eloy injury. Um, but, you know, it just, it, it sucks. It, it hurts for not only for the White Sox, but it hurts for the game of baseball. Whenever you lose a top guy like that, a young guy like that, it just sucks for everybody. There, nobody, nobody wins with an injury like that. Um, but I think the White Sox are still going to be okay. I'm I'm going to have to agree. I I don't see this taking the White Sox out of it. I don't see this one injury. As long as that pitching staff can stay whole, because they got some really good bats. But if you start losing some good arms, especially with you know more games and starting pitchers are going to have to go more innings. If these guys start going down, then you could run into some issues with Chicago because they don't really have a whole lot of depth at pitcher right now. And Tony La Russa, as much as I dislike him, and I have been very vocal about how much I dislike him, he has to try and rein everybody in, keep him focused, and get him excited to go out there and win this for Eloy. Like, get him rallied around something to help kind of push it. Like, he's... I know, it's but for Eloy, like he, I know, but he has to do something to keep his team excited because Tony Larusa yeah. has always been a very like old-fashioned dude, and right. he has to do something to kind of get him excited because that that hurts. Yeah, the week before oh, right. no, opening day, that yeah. that really is a downer, and you gotta bring your team Absolutely. down. So you gotta you gotta get him excited. You gotta get him ramped up somehow, some way, and mm-hmm. 
if Tony La Russa can manage not to blow it, I think the White Sox will be fine. Didn't the Brewers do that what? with uh, Yelich? They were like, we got to win it for you. Yeah. It's like he didn't. <laughs> He's still yeah, there. Yeah, that's like, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what they did. He went down in like August. I remember that. Yeah, he went down in like August, and they were like, <laughs> they were like, we gotta do it for our boy. I'm like he's he's in the dugout. Like he's right there. Yeah. Like it's fine. Hi. Also though, last <laughs> real quick, real quick, eerie yes. though. So we t- we talked brought up the 2015 Cubs, 2016 Cubs. Could this be like losing Schwarber at the beginning of the year? That's like, yeah. I mean, it's a very yeah, similar scenario. I, Yep. And that was, I I was actually going to bring that up only because you talked about, you know, how weird it was that they put it on the injury report that it's five to six months. And I was like, well, remember Schwarber was out for the year. They said he was done for the year. And then he just worked his ass off and, and got himself healthy enough to DH in the world series. And what an unbelievable story. I hope someday we get like a 30 for 30 or a little short on just his kind of story for that year. Cause I mean, I, I can't even imagine the level of work he put in to get to that point and then to succeed on that stage. It was, just, I mean, it, it's out of the world. But I will say Matt Michael will be pissed at me if I don't bring up Andrew Vaughn's name, uh, prospect for the White Sox. He, Matt Michael keeps telling me that that is potentially the best bat that the White Sox have, like right now. Ooh. Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, he, like, that's where his ceiling is, Andrew Vaughn. So pay attention to that name, especially with Eloy down. Don't be surprised if you see Andrew Vaughn get the call up earlier than expected be, to fill that spot. And if he can come up and, and have an early season success, I mean, th- then, you know, you're again, the White Sox, I, th- I still I think they're going to be just fine. But yeah, look out for Andrew Vaughn. And if we're talking about White Sox prospects, Nick Madrigal is another guy playing at second that I think if you got him batting leadoff, he is quick. He's a contact hitter. And you can kind of set up those other bats to do put up put some damage up early. I know last year he played some games. He didn't really start a lot of them because the White Sox were in like playoff contention, and they they really want to take a chance on a younger guy like that that early. But I feel like if he can come out and start strong like he has during spring training, that is another guy to look for on the White Sox to kind of help. I don't want to say fill in the shoes of Eloy, but can really help kind of bolster that offense again. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to the AL West. Uh, you're going to detect a theme here. I think a lot of the AL, te- AL West teams needed pitching because you're going to we we see a lot of <laughs> pitching over there. Uh, first of all, for the Oakland A's, they trade Chris Davis for Elvis Andrews. Um, they do sign Trevor Rosenthal as well as Mitch Moreland. The Houston Astros they acquire Jake Odorizzi, um, Ryan Stanek, and Pedro Baez all pitching. Odorizzi a starter, and then bullpen pieces. The Seattle Mariners bring back uh, Big Maple, James Paxton. He is back with the Mariners. The LA Angels, they trade for Rysel Iglesias, also acquire Alex Cobb and Jose Quintana. Uh, and then the Texas Rangers, they acquired Chris Davis in that trade for and- uh, Elvis Andrews and also received Dane Dunning in the Lance Lynn deal. So, hot or cold, are the Astros still the team to beat in the AL West? And I went back and forth on this one because... I, I feel like the Athletics and the Astros both took steps back uh, this mm. offseason um, and aren't necessarily the teams that we're used to seeing put up 95 to 98 wins and battling, you know, uh, you know, not only for the AL West championship, but also the, you know, high, higher season, the playoffs. Um, 
I, I, you know, I went back and forth on this, but I think I am ultimately going to say it's a cold take. And the reason why is this, if you break down the rosters, so catchers are a push, uh, Sean Murphy, I, I know has a lot of upside, but then on the other side you have, but we don't really know what he is yet. And Martin Maldonado is Martin Maldonado. Um, then you look at the first baseman. I'll take Matt Olson every day over uh, Yuri Gurriel. Um, Olson is better in slugging and OPS. But the rest of the infield all lends itself to the Astros. Altuve, um, Correa. Bregman and Chapman are probably the closest in that conversation. But I think I still lead lean, or at least Bregman and Chapman are close enough. But I still think that trio of Correa, Altuve, and, and Bregman, I think I would still take. Outfield-wise, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would still go with uh, the outfield uh, or the outfield of the Astros because of, uh, you know, Kyle Tucker and Michael Brantley. Um, uh, you know, even though I do love Ramon Laureano. Um, but as far as the rest of the roster goes, I the Oakland A's pitching staff. I mean, a lot of people forget how good the A's pitching staff was last year, and not hardly anything has changed aside from you know replacing you know some of their bullpen pieces with Trevor Rosenthal, with Sergio Romo. They still have Jake Diekman. They still have Yosemiro Pete. They still have some really good arms in that bullpen. Yes, they lost Liam Hendricks, but I I I, I think they still have enough to get it done. Um, you know, the Astros do add Jake uh, Odorizzi, but they're not going to have Verlander the entire year and Framber may be out for a while, Framber Valdez. Mm. Um, and I do trust the A's bullpen more with Rosenthal, Diekman, and Romo. So I think just because of how good that pitching staff is, the rosters are so similar and the pitching staff, in my opinion, for Oakland is so much better than the Houston Astros bullpen and, and rotation that I think I just got to lean towards Oakland in this standpoint. I mean, I know that Oakland technically won the division last year, but I think a lot of people went into that like, oh, well, the Astros still had the better postseason. They're still, a, you know, we're the better team in the AL West the last few years. So I think a lot of people think they're still the team to beat. But I think Oakland's past them. I think Oakland right now is the better team than than the uh, Houston Astros. So I'm going to agree with you. I think it's a cold take as well, but I'm going to take a different reason why it's a cold take because I think this is the year, as you mentioned, the A's and the Astros both kind of took steps back. Um, so I think this is the year that another team is going to finally put it all together and take take over that top spot in the AL West. And I'm looking at the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I think that team gets overlooked outside of Mike Trout a lot. I know I did it 10 minutes ago when I talked about if, if Trout went down, they wouldn't have anybody. But the reality of it is they actually have a lot of pieces. Um, they've got, you know, like I said, best player in baseball, Mike Trout. And it's not even close. Um, they've got Anthony Rendon. They still have Albert Pujols. Um, David Fletcher. I mean, they've got some guys there. Uh, Justin Upton, you know, still played. They're led by Joe Madden, who knows how to be a winning manager. Um, as much as some of his moves, most of his moves, if you will, are head scratchers at the time. He he knows how to manage a team and keep a locker room happy and keep a dugout together and, and, and get it done. And, you know, they also have Shohei Otani, who finally looks healthy. He's going to go back and try to do be that two-way star that he came over from Japan to be. Um, and he has looked really good this spring. Oh, it's just spring, but guys, he's batting 571 in the spring with five homers. And the slugging is just a measly 1.107. Um, so over, you know, in over 100% slugging. I mean, so he, uh, his bat obviously is there. His bat's been there since he came over to, um, you know, the major leagues. The big question is, can he stay healthy on the mound and, and be a productive starting pitcher? 
I'm hoping so. I'm not going to lie. I think at some point, if he wants to keep pitching, he's going to have to move to the bullpen just to shorten the number of, and just to shorten his, the number of innings that gets taxed on his arm. Obviously he's already had problems and injuries, with, but I mean, I'm just looking at the angels to finally put it all together. Um, I mean, they just, I'll give them credit. They keep trying, but something always just seems to happen where they just kind of break apart and trout can't drag the other eight guys to a winning record, let alone the playoffs. But I think this is the year it kind of gets together for them. And as you know, we mentioned, the Astros just aren't the same juggernaut um, that they have been. I mean, even if you look at last year, they finished the regular season 29 and 31. They were under 500. They limped into the playoffs. Yeah, they put it together and got to the ALCS. But I just didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were a game away from the World Series. But look, any I mean, not to take it away from them. They they did that. They were right there. Any I mean, the you know, the. A lot of teams can make that magical postseason run. That's the point of the postseason. I just think if you're start, you know, when you start over, when you start zero zero and look at this team, they just don't scare me as much, especially now that they lost Springer. That's a huge bat. I mean, we talked about how good he is for Toronto. He's equally as bad of a loss for Houston for all the same reasons that I said that adding that bat to Toronto was great. Taking that bat out of that lineup hurts a lot because now you don't have to necessarily pitch around him to get to uh, you know around Springer or worry about Springer to get to other guys I mean other guys are gonna have to step up to do that and I I just don't see it I think Houston cracks this year um and I think the Angels are the team that take advantage and uh come out on top in the in the AOS there so I mean if if Justin Verlander was healthy it'd be an immediate yes because JV is that important to this team and I think they saw that last year Without him there, yeah, no, they're no longer the team to beat. I, As much as I want the Angels to be good and really take that big leap and become that division champ that they have been striving to be for so long, I'm going to have to agree with Craig and just the Oakland A's are just so much better right now and they have taken these steps forward and I, they got to be the team to beat. I love me some, I, and for one big reason, I think Rysel Iglesias is going to cost him some games. <laughs> I saw that firsthand. I saw I the eating, big losses. I was going to dog you. I was going to be like, you're going to pick the Mariners, aren't you? But uh, I'll, uh, I'll, <laughs> no. I'll, since you're agreeing with me, I'll, I'll let you Yeah, know. he'll allow it. I love, <laughs> I, I love that. I love that nod oh, that Craig no. was like, yeah, yeah, you're onto something. You got yeah. it, man. I say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it, man. <laughs> I, I could listen to him. I could listen to him agree with me for two more hours. And just, yeah. just, don't, just. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go. No. I... <laughs> I no. Mean, I mean, I think thing... I think it's going to be a dogfight in that division. It's going to be a fun division for sure. But I, I still think it's like it's a two way fight. The Angels, if they can stay healthy and if Shohei Otani pitches well they get into that fight, but right now at this stage, at the start of the season, I don't see them in the fight as much as it sucks. I just don't see them in the fight. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm, I'm definitely hopeful with, with, you know, with that prediction, that's more of a, this is kind of what I want to see than what I think may actually happen. I mean, I have reason to believe in, in that hope it's, you know, but it's not like I'm sitting here saying the Orioles are going to win the AL East and here's why, but 
Yeah, I they mean, got a zero percent chance to go to the playoffs. So as we well, remember. Well, and hey, I mean, you know, every year we have that team. I mean, the Marlins were that last year, where we had no idea yep. they were going to have that, uh, you know, a good season, and then they end up. I mean, I don't know what I don't know if they were still under five hundred, but still made the playoffs or what it was in the NL. But like, right still, there, still but yeah. though, I mean, they were a playoff team and won a playoff series. I mean, they still, you know, won the games they had to win in the postseason. So there's going to be a team. Yeah. Like, and maybe the Angels are that team. I mean, they definitely have the talent to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll just have to see. But yeah, so that'll do it for the American League. Uh, before we get into the National League, though, let's go ahead and get a word from our friends of the show. Are you tired of your same old lunch hour of sitting and scrolling through your apps and your smartphone? Have you thought about playing a board game with your coworkers? Eat Lunch and Board Game is a podcast dedicated to telling you about board games that are great for lunchtime fun and some that are probably better saved for after work hours. I've been playing games at my office for over four years now where I have made new friends and business connections that have been very useful. Board games build bridges. All right, so we've wrapped up the American League. Now let's go ahead and get to the National League. First, starting with the NL East. The Atlanta Braves in the offseason, they do re-sign Marcelo Zuna. They also signed Charlie Morton to add to that pitching staff. The Miami Marlins, they add some uh, pretty good pieces, pretty good depth pieces. They have Adam Simber, Dylan Floro, and John Curtis to the bullpen. They signed Adam Duvall, who had a great season uh, last year for the Braves. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies, they re-signed JT Romuto, uh, and then they acquired Chase Anderson, but they also acquired so much bullpen help because they had a historically bad uh, bullpen in 2020. They did get Jose Alvarado. They got Archie Bradley. They got a slew of names, a couple of non-roster invites like t- uh, Tony Watson. So they basically just threw, if you've been good at relieving in the last, you know, <laughs> However many years you got a call by the Phillies, uh, the New York <laughs> Mets, they traded for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. They also signed Taiwan Walker and Trevor May uh, while also getting James McCann. And then the Washington Nationals broke the hearts of a lot of Cubs fans as they get Kyle Schwarber and John Lester uh, also acquiring Josh Bell and Brad Hand. So I think this will maybe be the easiest hot or cold question that we could possibly ask here. And that is, is the NL East the uh, baseball's deepest division? And I think that is a resounding, it's a hot take. It's a resounding yes. I mean, I could see a scenario where all five of these teams, I mean, not where each one of these teams could win the division. Not all five will tie for the win uh, on the division. <laughs> but no, I, that I, is a scenario. Yeah, that is also a scenario. But I can, I can see, like, I can, you can make a case for why every one of these teams has a shot to win the division. I mean, you know, first the Braves and Marlins were in the playoffs last season. I mean, the Braves are the favorite. So obviously they're, you know, throw that one out there. The Miami Marlins were in it last year and they added their bullpen. They got Simber. They've got Floro, all the guys I just listed, you know, they already, you know, obviously they lose. Uh, I, I don't know if Star- Sterling Marte is still there. I don't remember. I think um, so. Yeah. So he's yes. still there. They still have, you know, a lot of the bats. They bring in Duvall. I mean, they've still got a good enough lineup uh, to compete. Um, and then you have the Mets who made the biggest splashes in the division, in my opinion, uh, in the off season with Lindor and may you have the Phillies who, like I said, you know, threw a bunch of darts at a dartboard to try to add bullpen help, you know, and I think that, that should work. And so, you know, they're a team that's stacked, with, you know, Bryce Harper, JT Romuto, all those guys. And then the Nats easily, in my opinion, have the best rotation in the division. And they also add, you know, Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber. So all of these teams, have, in my opinion, what it takes to win the division. Now, obviously, the percentages go down as you go down the road. But again, you know, like we just talked about, I mean, 
there, you know, there's going to be a surprise team. Last year it was the Marlins. You know, maybe this year it could be the Phillies or the Nationals again. Well, who that sneak up and, and take the division because while the Braves have a lot, they you know, and obviously they have a lot because they just come off of a season where they were in the NLCS. I don't think they did so much that makes them like, all right, you know what? They they took the bull by the horns and really secured the division. Like I think by only getting Charlie Morton, you know, I know they got Drew Smiley as well, but Charlie Morton was the biggest splash they made in free agency this year by not yeah. really doing anything else. Like I think they left the door at least a little bit open for one of these other teams who did make bigger splashes to sneak up and take the division. Yeah. Um, I, as she said, I, this is going to be a resounding um, hot uh, from me as well. Um, you know, not only I, I kind of agree with you that I can see a scenario where all five of these teams can find a way to win 90 plus games and win this division. I'll take it a step further. I can see three legitimate national league contenders, not just playoff teams, but deep, postseason teams when you talk the Braves the Nats and the Mets um, I think those are guys that can win one two or or two or more playoff series um, look the Mets finally went in dug in and overhauled this roster and, and got some got some weight dead weight out of there brought in new guys and finally finally added some run support for D- Jacob DeGrum who has a historically low level of run support for his career and he still goes out and wins multiple Cy Youngs and, and hardly ever loses. So now you add in Francisco Lindor with, you know, with you hope Pete Alonso has kind of a break, not necessarily a breakout third year, but a, a bounce back third years after a slow um, sophomore year last year. So, I mean, that offense can put together some runs. Finally, as you mentioned, the pitching looks really good. They added um, cookie Carrasco. They added um, Marcus Stroman as well, I believe is there. And um, you know, Jacob DeGrom, I mean, that's a good one, two, three, Trevor May in the bullpen, you know, I mean, that can pitch that they can hit and Tywin Walker, who has been just nothing, if not a solid career pitcher. I mean, he's just a guy that goes and gets it done. Nothing, nothing sexy about it, but he go, he will go and get you six, seven innings of solid work. So yeah, the Mets are, Mets look really good. Uh, the Braves, people seem to forget that the Braves were a game away from the World Series last year and upending the eventual champions in those Dodgers. They were up three to one. They should have won that series by any kind of number metric you want to say it outside of playing the games on the field. Like, like they were in a position to go to the World Series. And let's be honest, if they went to the World Series against the Rays, you guys think that they would have won? I do. I think they would have beat the Rays. Um, so, you know, you could be looking at, you know, uh, uh, back-to-back titles. I mean, this team is really good, and they got better. They added Charlie Morton. I know it's just one piece, but th- that's what's – their pitching let them down in that series against the Dodgers. And so you add a veteran, an elite veteran like Charlie Morton, who was an all-star in 2019, um, you know, and is a guy that to, that just rounds out that rotation and and shapes it up, and then you hope that you get – you know, another solid year and of growth from Ozzy Albies, Dansby Swanson, and Ronald Acuna Jr. And the, the, you know, the sky's the limit for that team as well. 
the Nats are really sneaky. Remember when they won it all in 2019? No one really saw them as a threat until it was too late, and they were winning series, you know. And and Howie Kendrick was was walking off the Dodgers, and all of a sudden, oh my God, the Nationals just beat the Dodgers. They're moving on, and then all of a sudden, oh my God, they're in Game Seven of the World Series, and they won it all before really anyone took them seriously. They had a ring, so the Nationals can do it again. And I'll tell you right now, Schwarber's going to hit 40 plus homers for that team. Book it. I mean, like that, like. He looks good in spring. He's hit a bunch of homers. Lester is going to be a good veteran piece. Again, a guy who knows how to win it, uh, win it all and, and, and just get it done when it matters. So, I mean, he like that team looks really good too. So that division is going to be a lot of fun to watch shake out um, as the season goes on. And, and looking at this division, it didn't hit me. When you think of like the top 25 players in baseball, how many of them are on this division? It's crazy to think about, and you have a lot of young up-and-coming guys, too, that are going to help kind of bolster these teams. Think like guys like Christian Prache in Atlanta, Sixto Sanchez in Miami, uh, Carter Keboom in Philly, and Alec Bohm. And then, uh, unfortunately, Tim Tebow retired for the Mets. But they (laughs) add in a phenomenal... big loss for the sport, yeah. Big, big loss for baseball. But then you add in a phenomenal (laughs) Minecraft streamer in Trevor May, and then you have... The Washington Nationals, who I why I don't understand why people sleep on this team. They have Mad Max, Juan Soto, Schwarber, Bell. Like this team is stacked with power, with Mm -hmm. power. They're gonna come at you and hit you in the mouth if you try to come after them. And it's obviously this team is this division is the deepest division in baseball. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait. This is gonna be a division I'm following very closely, and. It's going to be entertaining to watch. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Juan Soto, and I'm glad that you mentioned Trevor May because, like, I've I've become a big Trevor May fan like over the past few years. And, and you know, when you see someone who you know you know is a baseball player and a streamer, like I don't I didn't really know what to expect. I just figured it, you know, I, I don't know what I expected to see out of him, but I'm like, dude, he's as goofy as me. Like, I love this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I always root for Trevor May. I'm always in his stream, so I was happy to see him. I mean. You know, get you know, get you know, not really get out of Minnesota because he's doing well in Minnesota too. But like, you know, get an opportunity to get the bag. You know, go you know to a team that you know, you know, stay on a contender, not like have to go anywhere else. So that was really cool to see too. But yeah, it's going to be a very fun division to watch. Moving on now to the Central. First with the Chicago Cubs, they trade away you Darvish for Zach Davies. They acquire Jake Arrieta for Jock Peterson. And then they also uh, they acquired Jake Arrieta and Jock Peterson. Um, and then they also uh, added Andrew Chafin and Brandon Workman to the bullpen. Uh, the Cardinals, pretty much all they did was all they have to do. Uh, they traded for Nolan Arenado. Um, the Reds, they add Kyle Holder, Kyle Holder and Cam Bedrosian. Uh, the Brewers, they signed Colton Wong and Travis Shaw, bringing Shaw back to Minnesota. They also signed uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., which I think is funny because in one of my road to the shows, that's where Jackie Bradley Jr. ended up on uh, in MLB <laughs> The Show. So I think that's kind of a funny thing. Um, and they also added uh, Brad Boxberger to the mix uh, in that bullpen. And the Pirates just continued to be full <laughs> cell mode, um, trading away Josh, Bre- uh, Josh Bell. Joe Musgrove and uh, Jamison Tyon. So um, looking at this division, uh, a division that at one point I thought was the best of, well, I was what well, this, the NL central at one point 
was what we just talked about with the NL East with, you know, hey, yep. any of these teams can win the division. And I mean, I guess that's still true, but at a much level, lesser level. Um, but, you know, looking at this, uh, this division, a hot or cold, the Cardinals have the best lineup in the central. For me, I'm going to go cold. Uh, you know, I don't go homer mode as much as B. Scott does uh, with Purdue. I try not to be a homer, but this time I am going to be a little bit of a homer. And I think there's some truth behind it as well. It's not like I'm just mm -hmm. being a homer for the sake of it. I do think the Cubs have the best lineup. Um, now, notice I say lineup, not roster. That's what we're going off here. So we're not going to talk, yeah. uh, you know, super into the pitching here. Um, but. You know, breaking it down, according to CBS, the Cardinals have two uh, players ranked the top in the top five at their position. Uh, you have Goldie and Arenado, so they take the hot corner. One of the best, you know, quarter infields in uh, all of baseball, I think. Um, and the Cubs have one with Contreras at catcher. Second base to me is kind of a wash at this point. I mean, you know, you think Nico Horner is going to be there at some point uh, for the Cubs. Um, and really there's not, you know, with the Cardinals, uh, trading away Colton or, uh, not re-signing Colton Wong. I think they take a step back there as well. Javi Baez was worth worse than Paul DeYoung, uh, at the plate, uh, last year, but it's projected to bounce back this season. I think is overall a better shortstop. Um, and then you look at the outfield, the Cubs have a really good outfield with Jason Hayward, Ian Happ. Uh, Jock Peterson's been tearing the cover off the ball in spring training. So I think all in all, as far as lineup goes, I think I got to lean a little bit more towards the Cubs. Um, you know, obviously I don't know, you know, I don't know whether or not it's good enough to get them another division title. Uh, but it's a, it's a lineup that is going to be very for formidable and give, you know, some of these other teams a run for their money. Yeah. here, Yeah. Um, I'm going to go cold as well. Two things right off the bat before I even get into why one, I'll never admit the Cardinals have a better lineup than, <laughs> than the Cubs. I mean, just, I, I won't do it. I absolutely, I just, I won't do it. I don't care. They could, they could get, they could have Barry Bonds, Mark Bond, like, they could have everybody. And, yeah. I, and I try, I don't care. I'll never admit it, but, um, and you know, it's funny, Craig, we just, we haven't disagreed yet on hot or cold. Um, so that, that makes me laugh, but seriously, no, I really don't think they have the best lineup. Um, they may have two of the best players in the division, but two guys don't make a lineup. They think that's kind of the beauty of baseball. It's not, it's not the NBA where you can have a LeBron James and us three can go out there and, and, you know, our team would compete. We'd probably make the playoffs and he would drag us to the finals. Um, but you know, I'm looking at the angels, you know, trout doesn't make that whole lineup. That lineup doesn't scare you. Trout terrifies you, but you know, when you're pitching to the other eight batters, you're just thinking, Thank God, this isn't Trout. Like, I mean, it, it, the Cardinals so have Yachty, I, who's basically the same as Mike Trout. So, I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you're not wrong, you know, you're not wrong. Um, but you know, when I, I, I will lean more towards the Cubs lineup, shocker. Um, but again, not just because of the homer, as like, like Craig was saying, um, they've made some moves. I was devastated, to be honest, when Schwarber, when, when they didn't re sign Schwarber, especially knowing they could have gotten him. The arbitration deal they would have signed him for is less than what Washington is giving him for one year. So it, it sucks that the Cubs weren't willing to open the pop pocketbook on a reasonable deal to get back, um, you know, a, a hometown hero, a folk, a folk legend for that 2016 season. And we already did, but um, they did replace him so far really nicely with Jock Peterson, who has turned in an amazing spring. Um, so far he leads baseball uh, in home runs in the spring. He's got eight already. Uh, absolutely tearing the cover off the baseball, as Craig said, but you know, I mean, just looking at their one through five, um, I'll take the Cubs because you look, you got Hap, Rizzo, Baez, and Contreras. That's 
that's a lot of talent right there, one through five. And that's not even talking about Hayward, who broke out offensively last year. Peterson, who's, again, leading spring training in leading spring training with eight homers. It's not talking about those guys at all. And then Nico Horner waiting in the wings. They've got a couple of prospects waiting in the wings. Miguel Amaya, Ed Howard. I mean, there's guys down there, um, you know, talking to, to, to makes me think of, of one of my new favorite AJR songs off their new album that released last week, way less sad. I'm way less sad about this Cubs team right now than I previously was in the off season where they were shipping Darvish and Lester and Schwarber off and they didn't resign. I, look, I was so sad that I was even upset that they didn't resign Tyler Chatwood at one point. Like, I was like, oh my God, even Chatwood is gone. And like, well, Jose Quintana was gone too. And like, Chatwood started to turn a little bit of a corner, not saying he was super great, but like, he, right. started, he started to pitch way yeah. better. Oh, um, absolutely. He looked a lot better than he did that first year. Um, but yeah, I just, that Cubs lineup just looks, re- looks really good on paper. If, if Contreras and Baez, have their bounce back seasons. And I, I'm thinking Chris Bryant is going to go on a revenge tour. I think he's just tired of everybody talking down about him and, and that I, he's just, I mean, you got to tear the cover off the baseball. He's a former MVP guy. Like, for, like that is a top level guy. So yeah, I'll take the Cubs lineup over the Cardinals every day. Let's go. Well, first thing I want to start Michael with, yeah. first thing I want to start with is how did the Rockies not get, Tommy Edmond or Dylan Carlson for Matt Nolan Car- Arenado. Matt Carpenter. There's no place for Matt Carpenter right now. <laughs> like, like anything, any, no any MLB that's ready true. talent. Like like Matt. Yeah, like, I know true. Matt Carpenter for Nolan Arenado isn't a great trade straight up, but uh, like at least that would have been because that would have been the equivalent of like the Cubs yep. trading you Darvish for Zach Davies. Like exactly. at least that's like at least that's an MLB ready you know veteran player Peace. that you're putting in that little lineup, like the fact that the Rockies didn't even come away with, I mean, Tommy Edmond and, and, you know, those guys would have been way better for them to get, but at bare minimum, you, how do you leave that deal without Matt Carpenter? Mm-hmm. I, they, the Cardinals pulled a, like just straight highway robbery against Colorado. That was ridiculous. Yeah. I have no idea how they pulled that off, Yeah, but I mean, on paper, the Cardinals roster looks really good in a couple of years because they have too many guys that are younger that still need to Mm. progress. So I don't see them as the best lineup. They have one of two of the best players in baseball, especially later on in the year when they're both rolling. Like they have two of the better players in baseball because we all know Paul Goldschmidt doesn't actually start playing until late September. Um, Mm, A little sooner than that, but yes, it's an, it's an over-exaggeration. You know exactly what I mean, but I think you guys know where I'm going with this. Threat. You I'm should curious. have all seen it coming. <laughs> I'm it's curious. the Pirates. No, yeah, there it is. No, I'm kidding. Um, obviously, I'm probably going to have to go with Cincinnati purely because I think when that team is healthy and if they can actually get rolling and that offense can actually you hmm. know, bring some runners home. Hits wasn't hmm. the issue. It was runs scored. That was hmm. the issue last year. And Castellanos coming back. Hello, Craig. Couldn't have thrown that in there. That was huge. For Cincinnati, he <laughs> yeah. is rolling in spring. Shogo Akiyama played his first year, and it wasn't even a full year in the pros. If Nixon yeah. Zell can actually be healthy for even like three quarters of the season, he could actually start progressing where they think he could be. Um, Joey Votto during spring, he actually was hitting very well until he, um, I, th- I think he tested positive for COVID 19, if I remember correctly. Um, hmm. Short. Like Eugenio Suarez had 40 home runs a couple years ago. There's no reason why he can't do that again. 
And then Tyler Stevenson, if he can work on that defense, he's going to easily overtake. Um, as much as I'm a big Tucker Barnhart fan, I think he's going to overtake Tucker Barnhart purely because that bat has so much pop. Well, you have a gold glover, yeah, but ultimately offense is what's going to win you games as long as your pitchers can keep everything reined in. But I think the Reds, if they can figure out shortstop, that's that's the big hole right now. That uh, The very obvious glaring issue is they didn't address shortstop hmm. at all other than trying to put Gino back there who we are. He hasn't played in years, um, which I don't – I, I didn't watch any of the spring training games, so I don't know – how that actually worked out. I don't think they're planning on doing that for opening day. So I don't think it worked out very well, but I it's think odd because they should have been in on like DD Gregorius or one of those players like there like that was out somebody. there. But like, but, but here's the thing that's like, cause one, I mean, what's funny is like, you know, I, I, I watch and listen to a lot of John boy media uh, who I go mm-hmm. to for a lot of baseball and they, you know, we're, we're trying to find a place. Cause once, you know, basically Colorado gave away Nolan Arenado for free. They're like, all right, next step in this process is Trevor story potentially. And the reds yeah. would be a perfect place for Trevor story. But what are the reds doing right now? Are they trying to like, they, they, I mean, they bring back Moustakis. They have, they have Castellanos, they have Bado who can still do it. Like you mentioned. Um, but they also, I mean, they didn't go after Bauer, but Bauer was going to command a bunch anyways. Who knows if that was just going to be too high for them. They do have Luis Castillo. Like, they still have a lot of pieces, but it just uh, it's hard to tell the direction that that ownership in that front office was to take. If they're going for it or if they still think their window is, you know, open, then I don't see why Trevor Story can't be a trade candidate, especially if he's for as cheap a price yeah. as what Colorado gave away for or what Colorado got back for Arenado. And we're two years removed from that big offseason run that Cincinnati went on where they just bolstered that offense as much as they could. And then what, they just shut it. They just shut it all down. Like, I don't know what piece they thought that we lost that. Oh yeah. We lost Trevor Bauer. Cool. That's one person. Well, granted he was the Cy Young winner. I get it, but you still had two other great pitchers on the roster and you have some great prospects in Lodolo and green that could come up and win you some games as long as they can, Again, especially with Hunter Green, stay healthy, especially not after not playing a minor league season last year. But sorry, sorry, sorry. I got somebody in my ear. They wanted me to make sure you clarify that he won a Mickey Mouse Cy Young, not like like a legitimate Cy Young. (laughs) Sorry, producer. Hey, it's not my words. Producer in my ear was like, make sure. Left field by (laughs) 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 I just, hey, and not my words. That's all I'm saying. It's not, not, not my words. You know, but Trevor if Darvish had won it, if if Darvish had won it, it would have been legitimate. But you know, oh okay, all right, all right. <laughs> hopes and dreams. But and I, dreams. Trevor's story was yeah. the guy that I I was staring at, like I was waiting for a move. And I don't know if Cincinnati just thinks they could pull off a better deal during the season. But then mm-hmm. you're running a risk of oh, what if he gets hurt, or what if he starts off super hot and his demand, like his value, just skyrockets. Yeah. They're praying for him to start slow. So that way his value drops, and they might be able to get him for not as much without having to get up I and mean, give up on those big name prospects. Even though after the, other, the Cardinals trade, I don't think they're looking for big name prospects right now for some reason. Yeah. Well, the other reason I would say you don't wait to make that if you are thinking about making that Trevor Story deal, potentially, the other reason I would say you don't wait until near the trade deadline is what if, you know, what if you're so far, what if you're already 20 games out of the division, you've you've thrown away a year waiting for Trevor Story's value to even potentially drop. 
in if you're if you're even considering that your window is open to win this division, you, you don't wait around until the trade deadline hoping to get your guy at the at the lowest possible price. You just pull the trigger if you can make it happen. Yeah. Now, what will be interesting to see, uh, you know, because I think if they do, if they were to go out there and get Trevor Story, like I would have the Reds like right up there with, you know, the Cardinals yeah. and Cubs as far as contending for that division again. It's just without another piece like that, I just don't know. But I mean, you know, the Reds are, you know, uh, do have a very solid lineup though as well. I mean, there's a lot of good. I feel like the Brewers even too have a solid lineup. It's just and I they know, added. I like what they added too. Yeah, I was. I was like, we didn't talk about them at all, but yeah, I like them a lot. I like what they added of, a lot. Kind of in similar fashion, they were also rumored to get Justin Turner and didn't get it. And I feel like if they would have got Justin Turner, that would have kind of been that uh, extra yeah. ticket to to get them to where they need to go. Yeah. If Yelly has a bounce back year, I mean that's a that's a solid team. And if they, you know, you've got that back end of the bullpen in Milwaukee, I will say it's probably the scariest in baseball. Oh, yeah. With Devin Williams and Josh Hader, like I don't want to see either uh-huh. of those guys. I don't want to uh-huh. see either of them. They're nasty, absolutely and- nasty. So yeah, and Craig Council is a really good manager. Uh, you want to talk about Tampa Bay kind of manipulating their 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 weaknesses? I think Craig Council in Milwaukee does that really well too, manipulating his his pitching and his his guys um, to kind of cover up as many weaknesses as possible for being a smaller market team as well. So and they have the absolute unit in Daniel Vogelback. Yeah, Dude. like the yeah. absolute tank of a human being. The the meme of spring training was was that that ripped picture of him and you know drug tester Daniel. You got to take a drug test, Daniel. I passed. Hey, you passed. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah! Like, wow. <laughs> All right, quickly now we're gonna move on to the uh, NL West here. Um, so, uh, yeah, first you have the, uh, LA Dodgers. They only really did one big thing, but it was a big thing. They went out and got Trevor Bauer, uh, the, uh, asterisk Cy Young winner from last year. No, I'm just joking. Uh, they do, uh, resign, uh, Justin Turner as well. The Padres made a lot of big splashes. They traded for Blake Snell, you Darvish, Joe Musgrove. They also add Mark Melanson to the bullpen who did do it for the Braves last year. Uh, the mm-hmm. Giants add some pieces here and there. They get John Brebbia, Matt Whistler, and Jake McGee. They also signed uh, Alex Wood and Anthony Disclafani and brought back Kevin Gossman. Um, the Rockies, pretty much all they did was trade Nolan Arenado, and that's pretty much it for what they did. <laughs> Uh, the Diamondbacks, they added Joaquin Soria, Chris Davinsky, and Tyler Clipper to the bullpen while also signing as Drupal Cabrera. So, hot or cold, the Padres are the scariest team in baseball for me. That is a very hot take. Uh, the Padres' bats go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. I mean, we all know you know, these two lineups are very good. The Padres were 10th in average in 2020. The Dodgers were 11th. The Dodgers were first in slugging. The Padres third. The Dodgers were second in OPS. And the Padres were fourth, but where the Padres were lacking last year uh, up against the Dodgers was the pitching. And that's what the Padres did address. Now, I will say this. They, you know, yes, the Dodgers also went out and got Trevor Bauer, but also Trevor Bauer went out and won the Cy Young. He's a great pitcher, but I, I haven't seen like the full scope of like what he can do. Cause he, because remember in 2019, he was okay for the Reds, but he wasn't Cy Young caliber. Now, yes, he came over in the middle of the season in a trade, but it's not like he came in and had like went like eight and zero with a one six seven ERA or had like a similar run to what he did in the sixty game season last year. 
Um, so let's see what he can do for a full 162. I mean, obviously he's backing, you know, you know, he's backed by Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, all those guys, but still let's see what he can do or where he fits in that rotation. Not, I mean, not to sell him short at all. I'm just saying that like, I want to see a little bit more of what he can do because yeah. remember, we're not that far removed from Bauer being kind of a middle of the road starter in Cleveland. So, um, we'll see what he has to go on. Um, but I mean, the pod, you know, the Dodgers arguably had the best rotation in baseball. Um, but the Padres were able, you know, were eighth in the uh, MLB and ERA, third in whip. The Dodgers were first in both categories, but they add you, Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove. I think those three additions are, I mean, at, you know, as good, if not better than just adding Bauer, even though you still do have Kershaw, although there's uh, some injury issues there. Bueller has, struggled at times which i mean i you know so have darvish and them but i think i think the basically what i'm saying is the potteries have done enough to be as scary as the dodgers and the dodgers were pretty darn scary last year so i think i think the potteries have done a lot uh, to put themselves uh in good graces i think they are indeed the scariest team in baseball all right here's the deal this is a hot hot burning hot run far away from this team, if you can take, they are far and away the scariest team in baseball. Michael, if this was if this was Mutt, that whole lineup, that whole roster would be the scary Halloween like Mutt friend, like Mutt um, set release. It would just be Padres because most weird. They are so scary. They are so scary. Like they have me shaking in my boots as a fan of any other team that isn't the Padres. Like I am terrified of seeing the Padres. Um, as, as Craig alluded to their only weakness or their biggest weakness last year was pitching. And so what do they do? They're like, cool, we're going to go get anybody that's talked about in the Cy Young in the last few years. Like we're going to go add them. We're just, we're just going to find a way to do it. Blake Snell, come on over. You Darvish, come on over. Um, you know, so they got two, ace level pitchers Cy Young caliber pitchers on top of that rotation and, and I mean that that's it, it's better than like when the Cubs won it all in 2016 and they their one weakness was like they they didn't have somebody to close games out so they go and add Chapman this is like adding three Chapmans and your bullpen needs a little bit of help like this is this is overloading you know your starting rotation and um I mean it the Padres are going to be so much fun and also you talk about their pitching they've got a top prospect <laughs> that didn't get traded in any of these big trades in Mackenzie Gore. Um, so, I mean, it potentially not necessarily this year, but next year and beyond, I mean, you could have a starting rotation and a one, two, three of Mackenzie Gore, um, Blake Snell and you Darvish. That's terrifying. That's like the side is going to be between those three. I mean, it's just going to be crazy, but also if you're starting the lineup guys, their projected starting lineup is going to be opposing pitchers nightmares the day before. Um, you're looking at Fernando Tatis Jr., Jake Cronenworth, Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, Tommy Pham, Will Myers, Victor Caratini, and Yurikson, Yurikson Profar. Uh, Fangraphs has six of those nine batters projected to have at least 19 home runs. There's a reason this team is known as the Slam Diego Padres because they are offensively going to wear you down and beat the crap out of you. And just, I mean, they're going to, any mistake pitch is just going to be destroyed by these guys. Um, I mean, just top to bottom, this team, it's it's hard to find a weakness in this team right now. It's hard to look at this team's roster and be like, yeah, they can do this, but they can't do this at an elite level right now on paper. It looks like they can do it all. And they did it all 
it, all of it is has been to has been focused on like we have to beat the Dodgers. How do we beat the Dodgers? And every single move they made, every calculated decision they made, was to take take one from the Dodgers, get one up, get get a one up on the Dodgers. And I think they did it. I I think they. I mean, I think they are right there with the reigning champs. And 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 you know, if Fernando Tatis takes another step somehow, he gets a year better. I mean, the. It, and they and I mean Cronenworth was um this it was the second place rookie of the year last year so his ceiling is high, uh, Manny Machado's Manny Machado Eric Hosmer still has some left in the tank Will Myers had a breakout year, Tommy Pham is is a solid bat Victor Caratini Craig we know him very well he is great as, as a spot kind of guy, uh, he can surprise you you know getting on base hitting for average even with a little bit of pop to him and Yurikson Profar is another solid you know piece i mean there's just i just don't see a lot of holes with this team right now it's so tough so i i absolutely am in love with what san diego has done this year like this team was exciting to watch last year and it's scary to think that oh yeah tatis is only what 23 machado is an absolute unit and then the pitching staff, y'all forgot about Denelson Lamette as well. Yep. He's going to be a solid guy. And then yep. Darvish, like this, this team is scary and I love it. And I really hope that every single game that the Dodgers and Padres play against each other is primetime television because it should be, it's going to be that much fun to watch because all like if they play a five game series, every single one of those games is going to have a top tier starter and a phenomenal lineup. Like phenomenal mm-hmm. bats. It's going to be exciting to watch. And this is exactly what baseball needs is going to be these fun power hitting teams that are going to excite the sport again. And I'm so excited. Yeah. What also makes them scary too, you know, kind of another level to that is the fact that they also, you know, kind of like what you said, Chris, they didn't trade um, any of their like big uh, prospects. So they have enough ammo to go at and add more uh, to this roster, which makes them, you know, extra scary as well. Um, so, yeah. And then also, by the way, waiting the wings next year, they're going to get Mike Clevenger back. So, I mean, that's yeah. the team is just going to continue to be amazing. And it's, it's crazy because you think about the last time the Padres were like, you know, kind of in this, uh, you know, mode of trying to go for it. I mean, that was when they went out and got like Matt Kemp, James Shields and Craig Kimbrell yeah. and, the team didn't really do anything. And so it's, you know, this time they're really going for it. And it's nice to see, you know, for, you know, someone who grew up and watched the Padres and knowing them as kind of the doormat of the NLS, you know, they're starting to actually put it together, which is awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, think about the fact, last thing I'll say is think about the fact that really any game this year that the Padres play any game that they lose, which obviously they're going to lose games. They're not going 162 and zero. but any game that they lose is going to feel a little I mean, you're right. They play, you never know, but any game that they do lose is going to feel like a surprise. And that's a scary thought. Like that is a scary, scary thought. Yeah. For the rest of the league. (laughs) Before we get into our predictions here, we do want to remind you that you can uh, follow us on Facebook crash course podcast. Remember you can go uh, follow on Twitter as well at crash course FM. Um, you can go subscribe to the YouTube channel, 3C Media. You know, normally, you know, these guys aren't here, so I talk a lot of crap about them. Uh, but this time they are here, so, you know, they do a lot of good things over the MCT podcast. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, you guys are killing it. And, and I love it. Um, we have to watch so, some old videos. Uh. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, but, yeah, uh, so go over there. New MC pod, MCT podcast coming out uh, this week as well. So go over there. Subscribe. We're at 29. We're almost to 30, so go. 
Uh, give us a look over there. Also, remember, you can listen every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can hear the Crash Course Podcast. Also, every week we're live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash 3C Media. So the way our predictions are going to go, we're going to go through uh, the AL Division winners and wild card, the NL Division uh, winners and wild card, giving you also uh, – what we're going to see with the playoffs. So we'll kind of alternate here. I'll cut a little bit of production on the fly here, you know, while we're live, um, you know, I'll go first and then you guys amongst yourselves pick, but we'll kind of go um, AL division winners. Then you guys go and then NL division winners and kind of like that. So that's kind of how uh, we're going to do things here. Uh, but for me, uh, starting off with the American league, uh, my division winners are going to be first starting with the AL East. I kind of went in order of how I think they'll finish as well. Um, I'm going to go with the New York Yankees. I mean, not much needs to be said. They're the best team um, in the AL East. Uh, they have the best roster. They added, you know, what they really needed was pitching, and that's what they added in the offseason. So they are still far and away, I think, the best team in the American League. The Twins, I really wanted to pick the White Sox to win the AL Central. But again, I think the loss of Eloy is just enough to put them uh, back a peg. Um, so I do go with Twins. That race is going to be really close. And then with the AL West, we mentioned it a little bit earlier uh, how we thought that maybe the Astros have kind of taken more of a step back in that division than maybe people realize. Um, you know, I originally I didn't have the A's until I did a little bit more digging for the podcast. I didn't even have the A's in the playoffs, and now I have them winning the AL <laughs> West. Um, so there you go. And then um, as far as uh, the AL wild card uh, for me, I do have uh, getting the first wild card spot being the Astros. I th still think they're going to be there. They are battle tested. They do know how to go get it done. Um, and then I do have the White Sox there as well. I really wanted to find a way to shoehorn the Blue Jays in there. Um, I and have them, you know, win the wild card and then face the big bad Yankees and come up just short. But I, I couldn't fit that storyline in there. Um, the White Sox still have, you know, a better a better pitching staff in my opinion and just as good of a roster. Um, so I'm gonna have the White Sox there as well. So so that's my AL teams: the Yankees, Twins, A's, uh, uh, Astros, and White Sox. So um, I'll go the same divisions that you went, not necessarily seating order, but I mean, just kind of the way it worked out. It might be seating order. Who knows? It's all fine. But uh, in the AL East, as much as I don't like to say it, 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 it's the Yankees. I mean, it's hard to go against them. As you mentioned, they have the best lineup there. They, they added some pitching. You know, those Bronx Bombers are going to come in full force. Uh, you, you can't overlook them. They got Judge Stanton, among others. Uh, Luke Voigt had a breakout home run year last year. and he, I mean, he's a tank as well. Uh, and they're in Yankee Stadium. Hell, I could hit a home run in Yankee Stadium. So, uh, like I mean, I think uh, – shoot, put me on the – put me out there. Put me in, Coach. I'll play. Um, but, yeah, so I think the Yankees are going to win that division. It's going to be a fun division, but I think Yankees come out on the top. In the Central, I am rolling with those White Sox still, even with the loss of Eloy. I think they have more than enough to kind of overcome that loss, especially if they do call up – um, you know, Nick Madrigal, Andrew Vaughn, and if those guys can kind of match that production or get close to that production of Eloy Jimenez, um, and as long as Abreu plays at an MVP level guy, if Robert step up and plays at an MVP level guy, Tim Anderson is an MVP level guy, uh, that pitching staff is great. They added Liam Hendricks to close it down. I, I really believe in what the White Sox are doing still. Um, and then in the West, it's kind of my wild card division winner. I'm going with the Angels. I think as we talked about the – the Astros took a step back. The A's took even a step back. And I think the Angels can finally, hopefully, uh, put it together and, and you know, figure out a way to put some talent and some run support, uh, some other offensive pieces around Mike Trout and, and just get it done. Their pitching staff doesn't look great. Their opening day starter is going to be Dylan Bundy. That speaks volumes. But, you know, hopefully they, they just find a way to kind of ride the wave, get it done. If Otani can stay healthy, that's a great piece. 
Um, so I think they find a way to win the West and the wild card. I'm looking at the twins, um, because I do think that AL central division race is going to be tight. Um, so I think if the twins come up short in winning that title, I think they will at least take a wild card spot. And then I, I kind of back ended, put the Astros in there because they, like you said, they're the Astros. They, they know how to get it done. If they're, if they're four games behind with, with 10 to play or 15 to play or something like that, they'll, they'll find a way to, to kind of figure out a way to go on a winning streak and just, back in their way back into the playoffs once again. So those are my AL teams. I'm looking at the Yankees, uh, White Sox, and Angels as division winners, and then the Twins and Astros coming into the wildcard round. So I I hate the Yankees. I absolutely <laughs> hate them. But I would be an absolute idiot if I didn't take them to win that division. Like, that's that's an easy pick mm-hmm. there, which sucks because I, think, I wish, uh, think the Blue Jays did enough to really compete, but – Yankees be the Yankees, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, if they can stay healthy and just hit, that's that's all you need. Um, In the Central, I'm going with the White Sox. I think they have enough firepower that they're going to, and they're going to feel the loss of Eloy, but I don't think it's going to drag him back that much. And then the West, I said it earlier, I'm going with the Oakland Athletics. I think they are a great team with a lot of firepower. And I think they have taken enough steps in that division to hold off the Astros. Right. And so for wild card wise, Blue Jays, Strohs. Okay. Okay. Both of those teams. I mean, that would be so much fun. Think about it wise, just storyline. George Springer's oh. coming back. Yeah. He hits a walk off home run to knock off his former team. Like that would be. If George so Springer's much coming fun. back, how does he hit a walk off? He's coming back to so you, coming back you, to coming. You, you freaked yeah, me like yeah. he's coming back to Houston, and so I was like, no, "Wait, he no. has to walk off." Then wait, what did they do? Did they do some crazy? He came stuff? back to Houston to sabotage them. He hit a walk off against them. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rules. <laughs> Burn it all down. Storylines. <laughs> uh, he hits a homer in the top of the ninth, and they just don't play the bottom. They're like, "It's done. We don't care." <laughs> You'll get your chance. It's like in spring training. They're like, we're good here. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, oh, stop it. we'll stop it at seven, I guess, today. Why not? We, we we flipped the coin, and that's what it landed. So we're done, right? Right? Baseball. Big big thing is, do do we know for sure if Verlander's going to come back at all? And he's not coming back this season. He's not coming back I, at all? Yeah. That, from what Man. from what I've seen, he's not coming that, you think, think he's gonna, gonna like? Huge. He's gonna come Where'd out of proper boxes like John Cena, he's, and there's like that's Justin Berlin's <laughs> music. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. But, but be, Craig, I have a, awesome, I have a question. Though. I got a question for you, Craig. Where did you hear that? The media? Oh my god! Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. What's your, what was your last point on that, Michael? Did you have one more point on that? Right, I had another course. point, but I, I have no <laughs> idea where I was going with that now. Like, put John Cena in my face, and I can't. I'm just gone. I'm done. I got yeah, nothing. I mean, with Verlander, <laughs> Not like I could see him anyway. Would, if Verlander was going to come back for like even the playoff yeah. run, like that would be huge. Um, yeah, I agree. But moving on uh, to now the National League uh, division winners for me. Um, uh, no, actually not in order. Cause I still went East central West. Um, so, uh, with that, I go, uh, with the East and the Braves. Uh, I still think the it's the Braves division to lose. Um, you know, they are the projected winner, even though I, I mean, like I said, I could see, uh, any team in the NL East winning the division, but I think still the Braves are just, 
the stronger pick. And I think, you know, it's hard to bet against Ronald Acuna, Nazi Albies and all those guys, um, Marcelo Zuna um, with the central because of the Cardinals pitching staff, which I think is much better. The bullpen, which is much better, but you know, over the Cubs. Um, that's where I think is going to be the difference for the Cardinals winning that division. Um, you know, we talked about the lineups. I um, mean, even though we said the Cubs are better, I still think the Cardinals lineup is, you know, it's still good and good enough. And with that pitching staff, you know, with Jack Flaherty, they bring back Wainwright, who's got some stuff left in the tank. You know, they've got good guys in the bullpen, like, you know, Alex Reyes and Jordan Hicks and Andrew Miller. They've, you know, Gallegos, they've got a lot of good arms in that bullpen. Um, and I think that the, that'll be enough to get the Cardinals the division. And then, of course, NL West, you got to go with the Dodgers. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, even though I, you know, we talked to, we talked to the Padres a lot, but I think, you know, the Dodgers for a reason were, you know, 43 and 17 and on pace for an ungodly amount of wins. If it was 162 game season, um, you know, they're still the best team. They add, you know, they add Trevor Bauer. Um, that's where I'm going with the, with the, uh, uh, with the Dodgers and the Dodgers. I mean, for as much as they did in the playoffs last year, they're still a very good regular season team as well. So, you know, we can, you know, they put it that, you know, with as big as our expectations are in the postseason, they also get it done in the regular season as well. Um, and then as far as the wild card goes for me, you know, pretty much market and Sharpie Padres are going to host your NL wild card game this year. Um, and then, you know, if I couldn't shoehorn the blue Jays in the AL for me, I'm going to at least get the Mets in there. I, I really like what the Mets are doing. Um, and I've got them as uh, the uh, last team to make it in, in the, in the national league. Yeah. And so uh, you're going to see a, a lot of similarities with, with my NL picks to Craig's, but um going East central West, just like Craig. Um, I'm also going to go with Atlanta. Um, I really, really, really like what Atlanta has done um, to build their team. They've already signed. You got to remember too. shout out to them. They already have signed Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna jr. To long-term very team friendly contracts. If their careers pan out the way they look, I mean, those two guys are on steals of deals, especially Albies. Do you guys know that he is on a seven year, $35 million contract? What? Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. And even, even Acuna is on an eight year, $100 million contract. That's it. Like those are two MVP top, you know, superstar level guys that you're paying way under like $15 million a year. You're only paying Albies 5 million a year, which is just insane. Um, so they they have they have done the done it the right way from top to bottom at least you know in, from an organization standpoint to signing good deals locking their guys up early um, but I really like what the Braves have done in the central uh, call me a homer if you want I'm gonna take the Cubs I think this is gonna be a tight division homer. as we mentioned earlier n- not for not for the 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 right reasons if you will um, I think you're gonna see three teams kind of battle it out I'm sorry Michael I see the the Cubs Cardinals and Brewers kind of battling it out for that top spot. Um, but really that top spot in the central is going to win no more than 90 games let's be honest. Like I don't expect them to be a very, very good team, but I think a solid team. And so why not? I'll go with the Cubs. Um, that lineup can do more than enough to uh, add some firepower to it. Uh, if Arietta has a kind of rejuvenated 
back half of his career that he's a great number two pitcher. Hendricks um, has been an ERA leader in the league before in Cy Young talks before. I mean, so he's a great guy to lead the staff as we know very well. Uh, Davies has looked good. I mean, so they've got enough pitching, I think to sort of keep them in games, but I'll take them to win the central. And then in the West, I'm actually going to take the Padres. They scare me so much. I felt like if I didn't say them, somebody would be at my door and just be like, I heard you didn't. I like, Tatis has the bat. Yeah. yeah. Tatis puppet. Not even like Tatis. Tatis yeah, puppet. The, the the show trailers. And, and that would still terrify me. Listen, like that right. would yeah. still be <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> I would hope so. I'm going to see. I'm going board. to see that in. I'm going to see that in my dreams tonight. Um, but I'm going to take the Padres to win it all. I think they just they added so much pitching. They added so much pitching that I think over a whole 162, they're going to keep pace with the Dodgers and then and then uh, just have a couple of wins kind of near the end to solidify it. So then in that case, in the wild card game, just like Craig said, you can put it in in Sharpie that the Padres would be there on my end. If the Padres win the division, you can put it in Sharpie that the Dodgers will be hosting that national league wildcard game because those top two teams are going to run away. They both are going to win a hundred games. Um, and then I am also going to kind of back in the Mets into it. I really just like what they did. They added all those pieces that we talked about earlier. I think they're a good team. I think they're a solid team. I think they would win that division if it wasn't for the Braves. So I gave them the nod over any other like NL central team or NL West team, because the rest of the NL West outside of the Dodgers and Padres is, they're all they're all on a fire sale. So, and I don't see the central putting together two playoff teams. I just I can't see it. So yeah, uh, Dodgers and Mets in the National League wild card. So Braves, Cubs, Padres are division winners. Dodgers and Mets meeting in the wild card game. That'd be a lot of fun. So I have been going back and forth between the Braves and the Nationals for about an hour ish now. Like both of those <laughs> teams are super scary. And wait, if oh, we've been yeah. live for an hour and a half and you were waiting, yeah, I was like, now glad, we're glad, glad, glad to know you you've doing? been paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> glad to know you've been, uh, you've been a, like, an active participant in this podcast. I'm glad you're here. No, I, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the Braves. Shout out Joey Stout. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to go. I have to go with the Braves just because I love Acuna. Absolutely love Acuna. The pitching in Atlanta is terrifying, especially when they're all healthy. And then there's just so many pieces on the team, like Freddie Freeman, uh, Travis Darno, Ozzy Albies. Like, there's so many wonderful players on that team that if they could stay healthy and they can get rolling early, they're going to be a hard team to stop. I think the Nationals are going to come close, but I'll save that for later. Um, Central. Do I even need to say it out loud? Oh my god! The pirates are going to <laughs> no. Imagine um, if they do. I, right? I would, that would be hilarious. Hey, I don't even know if I could be mad at that. To life be honest. threatened all the time, but I will eat this Pacers jersey if, uh, if the pirates. I definitely thought you were like pulling out like a Colin Moran Pi- pirate jersey right now. Like, oh, jersey? No. Yeah. Why do you have oh, that? No. Yep. <laughs> No, he's no, prepared. No, no. <laughs> yeah. He is prepared for any outcome. He is the true Fairweather fan. Any outcome, as, he's he's got it. <laughs> as uh, as Pat McAfee once said, I do not know what the Pirates are doing. They are the worst franchise in all of baseball, if not all in sports. Um, so I'm going with the Reds. Obviously, I mm. think if Sonny Gray can come back healthy and dealing as well as that bullpen in Cincinnati is not spoken about, but it is scary. When you talk about Amir Garrett, who has struck out every single 
Every single batter he has faced in spring training, not a single one has gotten a walk it's, or a hit. He has struck out. What, yeah, was it one? Was it zero? Six. <laughs> Screw y'all. Um, he's going to be. I think he's going to be the closer in Cincinnati. Sean Doolittle is a great pickup. True, I, that that I don't, I don't think anybody talked yeah. about. I know. I no. I kind of lost <laughs> too. I totally forgot about it. Actually, we were talking about it one day. We were talking about how huge that pickup was. Me and you, Chris. That's big. That's big. Um, That's big. It is. A, it is a good one for sure. Michael Lorenzen, when he isn't, you know, either striking out games or blowing games, he's hitting grand slams. And if that offense can get rolling, I don't see a team in the Central that can stop them. The Brewers are going to be in contention. The Cardinals, if everything can get rolling like they want it to, and Jordan Hicks cannot have 33 pitch at-bats continuously, that team's also going to be scary. But I, I don't know if it's the homer in me or not, but I have to go it with is. Cincinnati on this one. Narrator and then in place. the West, it is. <laughs> indeed it was the homer that caused him to miss <laughs> Cincinnati. <laughs> and so who, the who, West, who, yeah, Dodgers. Mm. I, I, I'm just going to go out. I'm going to trust my gut. I'm going to say the Dodgers. Not because you had Trevor Bauer striking people out with one eye open, but which was hilarious. But I just think the Dodgers are a terrifying team, especially if Cody Bellinger bounces back. He had a horrible year last year. That was, that was not his year. And then Corey Seager is one of the best hitters in baseball when healthy, and he proved that last year. But that team is going to be terrifying to watch. I, I, I'm excited to watch every one of those games, though. That, that, that duel between Tatis and Bauer is going to be exciting. And then there's one mm-hmm. pitcher we forgot on the Dodgers, by the way. Chris, you forgot about him once, too. And oh, brought yeah. Back up later. Yep, you're right. I know. Go ahead. You, you earned it. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Since we all kind of forgot. We, yeah, we didn't talk about David Price yeah. uh, is down there in L.A. I mean, when he, if he's know, not addicted to Fortnite again, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, ta- you're talking about you're talking about adding to a World Series winning roster, a Cy Young, you know, contender and a World Series champion. So who sat out last year? I mean, <laughs> a, Cy, a Cy Young winner and Trevor Bauer. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Jesus and the Mickey Mouse Christ. Cy Young winner. It's so good. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be the best running joke ever. You've got it. It's just a Mickey Mouse one, but it's you got it. It's not zero. (laughs) All right. But Uh, uh, what's your wild card look like? Uh, Padres, obviously. They're going to be in it. And then, ooh. Yeah, I I hate this for an hour. Are you ready? Oh, no. Shut up. (laughs) Um, Mets. I was gonna go with the Phillies, and I'm gonna I'm gonna backpedal mm-hmm. now. I'm gonna say the Mets, just because yeah. that team is built to make a wild card run. I don't know if they'll go deep, but they are built to make a wild card run this year. It's gonna be really exciting to see New York not be absolute steaming hot garbage for once. Yeah, right. I'm surprised you didn't go Nationals because that was who you had like between them and the Braves for yeah. the division. That's true. And the reason why is just going off of pure wins and losses. I think the Mets are going to have more opportunities to win games than that tough division that the Nationals are in. Yeah, I, I just think they're going to have more ch- more chances. Because hold on, pulling this back up really quick. I can't do it this way because the way you formatted this, Craig, 
they're in the <laughs> same division. Are they? Am I an idiot? I'm an idiot. Yes. <laughs> I, I was, was gonna. Out. I was gonna say it, but I, like, I'm sorry. Know. I was. Just, it was racking my brain, and I was like, "Wait a minute." Yep. Wait, I'm an idiot. but right. my brain hurts. I was like, Listen. "My head hurts." Listen. It's fine. It's fine. So, you, you, you still gave an answer. Okay. So you got Phillies, you got you got Padres and Mets. Phillies. I want. I wanted to take them really badly, but I just see right. injuries plaguing them, like they have the last couple of years. As well as that sure. that bullpen isn't going to be consistent enough. The Marlins are the Marlins. They're going to shock us, but because there is an expanded playoff spot, I don't see them taking it. And then it really just comes down to the Mets and the Nationals. And right now, I like the Mets more than the Nationals, as long as both teams stay healthy. The big th- that's the big thing for the Mets is they don't have a lot of depth outside of those main guys they brought in. Right. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it'll be the same old Mets, whereas the Nationals have a ton of depth. So just a matter mm-hmm. of which team can stay the healthiest is the guy who's going to take that spot. Okay. Sure. All right, so now we're going to go ahead and go to the playoffs. Again, we'll go American League and the National League. So first for me, and then we'll uh, – actually, no. Actually, we'll go the whole entire playoffs and give our World Series champion. Um, okay. So the way I've got the American League shaking out, first the wild card game. I've got the Astros over the White Sox. It's going to be a fun game. You're going to see whoever has it, TBS or Fox, you're going to see – replays of the 2005 World Series because uh, that's the last time these two teams played in the postseason. You're going to see so many highlights of that. It's going to be in Houston where the White Sox clinched that World Series. Um, but again, I just I can't see the Astros not winning a playoff series because they're so battle-tested because, you know, what they did last year where they just, you know, they turned, up, turned it on the playoffs and knew what to do. Um, so I've got the Astros winning the wild card game there in the division series. Uh, the uh, the Astros get a chance to then play the Yankees. Um, talk about a revenge series there because of course the last time these two teams you know played a high stakes game like this it was Altuve walking it off before the whole you know scandal kind of happened with the with the Astros. I think the Yankees you know. As much as I, I kind of want to pick an upset pick and have the Astros make it to another ALCS, they've been there pretty much every year, it feels like. I just think this is yeah. the year the Yankees break through. I like the Yankees roster a lot more um, than I like the Astros, so I think the Yankees um, are going to get the wins win there. And then you've got the Twins versus the A's. I went back and forth on this because as much as I think the Twins will at least win a playoff game, I know that kind of sounds like a dig and sounds like a meme, but, I mean, they haven't won a playoff game you know, in 18 tries, I think they will get, uh, you know, make it a tough series. It's going to go five. Um, but I just like that, uh, you know, ever since, you know, what can I say? I'm, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a you know, sucker for good pitching. And once I saw how good that pitching staff is for the A's um, and remembered how good that pitching staff is for the A's, I just like them a little bit better than the twins. So that leaves an ALCS of the Yankees and the A's. And again, I think just the Yankees, um, the Yankees roster is just a little bit more, uh, a little bit better than the Athletics. So I've got the Yankees advancing out of the American League, winning the pennant, and going to the World Series. But who will they face on the other side of the National League? Um, I've got um, the Padres over the Mets. The Padres are going to host the wild card game. They're going to win that game and earn themselves a trip to LA to face the Dodgers in the division series. And I've got the Padres beating the Dodgers. I think it's going to be, you know, because for one, remember, we have not had a repeat champion since 2000. Um, you know, as far as far as like back to back, we've had teams win twice in that span, but not back to back. Um, and so that's been kind of the craziest thing 
Um, so for one, I think this is the best, the, the only opportunity the Dodgers will have to potentially lose. Um, so I, I think that's where the Padres can get a leg up. And remember this, these were two teams that faced off in the playoffs last year. And again, the big mm-hmm. discrepancy was the pitching, which the Padres addressed. So, um, I'm going with the Padres over the Dodgers. Uh, then, you know, I, I, you, you got the Cardinals and the Braves, uh, you know, in the uh, NLDS as well. And the crazy thing about the St. Louis Cardinals is you want to pick them to lose if they've won like 100 games, 95 games. If they're the best team in the National League, they're probably not going to make it. It's when they're an 85-win, scrappy, you know, underdog team is when they come to shine. And that's what's going to happen here. They're going to beat the Braves just like they did in 2019. They're going to beat the Braves and make it on to the NLCS. They're going to face the Padres. It's going to be a rematch of last year's uh, wild card series matchup uh, Padres against the Cardinals. And I've ultimately got the Padres uh, winning the National League and moving on to face the Yankees. It'll be a rematch of what I think the 1998 World Series. I mean, that doesn't really matter because none of the players are still there, but it's still kind of a cool thing. Um, And so I think uh, between the Padres and the Yankees, you know, last year, uh, you know, we did a MLB playoff uh, preview show, and I bailed on my pick of the Dodgers and the Yankees. Um, to pick the you know the upstart Padres and the uh, Twins as far as being in the World Series, I picked the Padres to win it all. Um, and so I'm still on that Padres bandwagon. I think the Padres are going to win the World Series. They're going to get mm. their first World Series in franchise history. I think this is the year they get it done. They're just the scariest team in baseball, like we alluded to earlier. So that's my pick: Padres over the Yankees to win the 2021 World Series. So jumping in, if uh, if we're looking at the National League, man, I'm not going to lie. I think the National League is going to be so much more fun to watch as a league than the AL. I think you just have so many great teams, not even just good and above good teams. I think you have elite contending stacked teams. Um, so, I mean, even looking at my wildcard matchup would be the Dodgers and the Mets. I mean, that is going to be a fun game to watch. Um, but I think the Dodgers, they're just so battle-tested. They're they are the reigning World Series champs. They're not going to go 0-1 and lose in, a, and lose in the wildcard round. So I think they're going to handle the Mets. Um, and then in the division series, that will set the Dodgers then up with a matchup of, you know, against the NL Central winning Chicago Cubs. And as much as I want to be like, the, the Cubs will put it together and, and beat the Dodgers. I, I hate to say it, I can't see them beating the Dodgers right now. Um, just on paper, everything, the Dodgers are just that good. And I think the Cubs are just a step below them. It, it's just as simple as that. So the Dodgers will handle that series. Um, and then that sets up a Braves-Padres National League Division Series. And you know what? As terrified as I am of the Padres, I, I'm going to take the Braves here in that Division Series over the Padres. I'm going to take the Braves. I just I love – what they what they were last year, like I said, they had a three to one lead in the NLCS over the eventual World Series champion Dodgers. That is sitting in their mouths. It's going to be sitting in on their 
on their minds for 162 games until the playoffs ramp up. And then it's going to be at the forefront of their minds. Once again, they're not going to let that go. And they are, I mean, they are laser focused on this year on this run. And they brought in a, as good of a veteran pitcher as they could have brought in, 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 in free agency in Charlie Morton, they're going to get healthy. They had a lot of injuries last year. Max Freed, Mike Soroka looked really good last year in the shortened season. Um, those three guys p- leading that pitching staff is going to be great. As we talked about earlier, Christian Pache is a big piece um, for this team. Acuna Jr. is obviously a, an elite level guy. Albies, I just, I, I think this Padre or this Braves team rather is that good. And I think in a, in a series, anything can happen in baseball. The best team doesn't always win. Hell, the best team usually doesn't win in baseball. So I think the Braves will take the Padres in the division series. That sets up a fun championship series, a rematch of last year's series with the Braves and the Dodgers. This time, the Braves get it done. Again, having that 3-1 lead kind of sitting in their mind. Um, I think it's just, it's just going to fuel them more. So I will take the Braves to win the National League. That sets us up with a, uh, oh, wait a minute. I am so sorry. There it is. I jumped the whole thing. So, uh, okay. So that's the national league will be the Braves. And then jumping back to the American league, I got excited. Okay. I got really excited to talk about the national league playoffs. Um, and then I guess if I have to run through the American league, uh, in the wild card round, I will take the twins to finally win a playoff game over those Astros. Um, I just think, it's hard to go 0-19. So I think I think they'll just have enough firepower to handle those Astros. And I just, like I said, I don't think the Astros are the same Astros that they were. Even though the battle tested, I think they'll slip up in a one-game uh, kind of wildcard round. Um, that sets up a division series with the White Sox. Um, but I think the White Sox will take the Twins over that in that one. That'll be a fun AL Central matchup. But I'll take the young upstart White Sox. Um, and who knows, they might have Eloy back at that point. So they could have that extra X factor uh, to win that series. And then I'll take those Yankees um, defeating the Angels in the division series. Mike Trout still will not get a post-series, uh, postseason series win, but that sets us up with a fun championship series um, of the White Sox and the Yankees. And I am going to take the White Sox to beat the Yankees in the ALCS um, again, just there's, there's so much firepower there. They've got the pitching to back it up. Um, the Yankees, I know they address their pitching, but it seems to be, especially in the playoffs, that their offense kind of sputters out and they don't have the pitching to win those tight, low scoring postseason games. Um, and I just, I think the White Sox, uh, will have enough firepower to kind of blow it open and win that ALCS. So that's going to set us up with a world series of the Atlanta Braves and the Chicago White Sox. How fun. Just just let yourself imagine for a moment how much fun that would be. Think of all the young power, the storylines that you'd have there. You've got Albies, Swanson, and Acuna Jr. on one end, and hopefully Eloy Jimenez, Luis Roberts, uh, Jose Abreu, and Tim Anderson on the other end. And that's not even talking the pitching matchups that we would see in that World Series. Um, but I am going to take the national league in this one, I'm going to take the Braves winning it all over the white Sox. Um, so congratulations, your projected 2021 world series for me is those Atlanta Braves. And uh, it's going to be a, a hell of a series if it comes down to it like that. So how much did Joey pay you to take the Braves all the way? <laughs> enough. We'll just say it was enough. <laughs> Pets now shout out. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh yeah joey joey will be happy to, to hopefully watches this at some point he'll be he'll be happy to hear that one so yep that'll be good hope you're doing well joey you know we'll probably watch it if you tell him we, we brought him up multiple times oh, uh, time, so yeah I'll let <laughs> so the worst part about going last and not having my picks written down is i'm trying to remember my picks now but uh <laughs> so guy. i had the strohs and the blue jays are you I asking think- me or telling no, I'm telling. <laughs> okay. Um, so I have the Strohs losing yep. to Toronto because I just think the deficiencies in pitching in, especially like with no JV, I don't think Zach Greinke is that scary. So I, at least not anymore. He was. I don't think he is anymore. Sure. So I will take Nate Pearson, Bo Bichette, and those Toronto Blue Jays over the Strohs, which I believe would set up, what, Yankees, Blue Jays? Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as you have them as your one seed. Oh, I'm going to take the Yankees as a one seed. Yeah, okay. So, there you go. I, as Toronto gets a playoff win, and then they get swept by the Yankees, because <laughs> it's it's the stinking Yankees, man, and it'll be a tough series. They're going to be, like, a couple run games, but I just can't see it. I'm sorry. I wish I could. I hate. I hate the Yankees. Um, shout out Sam. He knows how much I hate the Yankees. But God, I, I just can't stand them. Which would then set up White Sox and Athletics, and ooh, White Sox. I'm gonna go White Sox in that series, just purely because, especially if the rest of the team can stay healthy, and if Eloy comes back for the postseason run, that's gonna be. 2016-esque, unfortunately, um, for the city of Chicago all over again. And (laughs) Eloy is going to help propel that team to a ALCS against the Yankees and the White Sox. White Sox. That's where I'm not going to pick the Yankees. I'm going White Sox just because I think (laughs) that team as a whole, and especially with Garrett Cole, seems to crumble under pressure. I we saw that during the last time he was in the world, like it was in the World Series. I, I don't know if that was just more or less though the Astros refusing to play him when they definitely needed to, but I just don't see the Yankees well, winning at all. That's where the uh, AL is going to be the most fun, is because really, because like in the NL you, you don't. I mean, yeah, Chris picked a team other than the like Padres or Braves or the Padres or Dodgers, but like the American League, like the Yankees don't have as strong of a stranglehold on the AL as those teams in the West that you yeah. do in the NL. So like, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised to see the White Sox beat the Yankees in the uh, in the ALCS if that were to happen. Yeah. So, so. I mean, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be entertaining to watch. I love playoff baseball. I hope I pray for it not to get here as long as possible, just because I want to enjoy a nice long baseball season again. But playoff baseball, that's gonna be a lot of fun, especially if that series does happen. Because if Tony Larusa just lets the White Sox be the White Sox, that's gonna be exciting against the clean cut. Also, Corey Kluber without a beard is weird. We're not gonna talk about that though. <laughs> that is weird. So. Uh. Switching over to switching divisions now, or you know what I mean. Um, so I had the Padres versus the Mets. Sorry, New York, you still suck. Padres are going to take that game easy. Trevor May is going to jump back on his Minecraft streams real early there, unfortunately. Um, 
which would then set up. I think we're, so. We're going off of one seed. I'm trying. I'm trying to structure this yeah. in my head because we did this like we did this in order, and I'm trying to set it up as who I think would be the one seed. Um, so setting up right. Dodgers and Padres. Who? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that tough. that is going to be so much fun to watch. But shame it'll only be a five game series. If that's what were to happen. I yeah. know that. Yeah, that's what really just hurts because that game is every game's going to be down to the wire. Every game's going to be electric, like. Dodgers in that one, um, and then mm-hmm. setting up Reds and oh, yeah. Bra- <laughs> Reds and Braves. Um, while I think the Reds will win a game this time, well, maybe they score two. Yeah, <laughs> score runs to win games. So hope, uh, I mean, at least at least score some runs this time around, please. They didn't. They didn't get the but, message last time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God. Y'all just waste no time. <laughs> dude, dude. So, I mean, they had like a third. What was that game one? Like 13 innings that they didn't score. And they had like nine, like, like nine runners in scoring position. At le- Like it was something stupid. I just remember walking around work, having that game on my phone. Sorry. And John had it on his iPad for me you. too. Like mm-hmm. just walking around angry. Every, every time that game would, ne- would go on an ending where no one would score. I was just getting to the point where like, I just, just somebody do something. Please poke the bear with the stick. Like, come on, do stuff. Um, so yeah, Braves will take that one. Shocker. Um, the Reds aren't where they need to be. They make the they win the division, but they're not where they need to be to actually win a series. Switch would then set up Dodgers, Braves, all over again, and that's going to be a fun one for sure. And this time, I think the Braves do it. I hate saying that out loud because I I love I love the way this Dodgers team is structured, but the Braves were this close. So I I definitely see the Braves getting to the World Series against the White Sox, only to have Chicago celebrating in the streets as the White Sox win in seven. Hmm. All right, so we got. Me with the Padres, Chris with the Braves, and then Michael with the White Sox. So those are our World Series predictions. Um, so really quickly, uh, we're rolling up on that two-hour mark. So really yeah. quickly, um, let's go ahead and go through some other predictions here. Who we are going to have for Cy Young, MVP, and Rookie of the Year. Michael will give you some time to get that jotted down in research. <laughs> um, so uh, we'll go. I'll go. I'll go completely through my Cy Young uh, MVP and Rookie of the Year. Then you go, Chris, okay. and that gives Michael ample time to do at least something. Um, so hey, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Oh right. man! So uh, oh, man. Beat, I, I have to deal with it every week on my show, Craig. And now yeah, I come no. on here. Yeah. <laughs> your show, our show. Oh, yeah. show. now we got some <laughs> domestic huh. stuff going on. Now I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, we'll see who. Uh, we'll so see who gets the invite. Our, to- uh, our we'll see who tricks, gets Chris. We'll, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see who gets the invite to the Zoom call this week. We'll yeah, see. Oh my gosh! I'm the one who makes half of them. <laughs> Not this um, week. <laughs> so for Cy Young, for okay. Cy Young, yep. um, I uh, I I'm gonna go see. I'm not gonna get super into the the stats here with this because I think these are just two guys that like it's surprising that they don't have one and i think they're due um for me in the al al cy young is going to go to garrett cole um he's had such great seasons over the years and still has not gotten one so i think that he is due for one 
Um, and then on the Padres side, I think, or on the uh, NL side, I'm going to go with the Padres uh, starter, you Darvish. I think he was in ample position. I, I don't think what he did with the Cubs last year was kind of like a one-off short season fluke. Um, Cause that's kind of the weird thing about the 2020 season is I feel like the guys that did well, you know, are getting the credit for it, but the guys that did bad are also not getting credit for doing bad. So everybody did well in 2020. So it's just kind of hard to, to go off of, yeah. of, you know, that shortened season. But I think you Darvish is, it's not a fluke. Cause we saw the, you know, him kind of get that step back in 2019 as well. Um, so I think he's going to put up an, uh, a Cy Young season. Cause yeah, I think Chris, you and I were talking about at one time playing MLB the show. Like we're surprised that Darvish doesn't have one. Didn't get one yeah. in uh, Texas, at least Texas. Um, yep. So that's my pick. Uh, Garrett Cole for the uh, AL NL uh, is uh, you Darvish for MVP NL. I think it's going to be Mookie Betts. I was, I honestly almost didn't pick him because I thought he won it last year. Cause I forgot who won it last year. I forgot it was Freddie Freeman. Um, and you know, I mean, Mookie Betts is going to, you know, standout player. He's going to have an amazing year. Uh, he'd be the, if he did win, he'd be the first uh, since Frank Robinson to win MVP in both leagues, which will be really cool. Um, and then for the AL, I'm going to go with DJ LeMahieu. He's going to be the biggest difference maker for the best team in the AL. I think he's going to, I mean, cause if they didn't bring back LeMahieu, I think they'd be in a lot of trouble. Um, but I think the fact that they have him back, um, he's going to make a big difference for them. Um, and so I'm going with uh, DJ LeMahieu there. Um, and then for rookie of the year, um, I'm going to jump on the Randy Rosarena train. He's did such a great job in the playoffs and the Rays. Um, I think are still going to be a good enough team to where he's still going to get solid numbers. He's still going to get, um, you know, those, you know, those good games. in. so I think Randy Rosarena is going to be your AL MVP winner. And then for the national league, um, I think the Braves, if they're going to win the division, if they're going to go all the way to the World Series, like uh, so, you know, you guys have them, I think they're going to need some starting pitching uh, to step up, and that's going to be partially in the uh, the name of Ian Anderson. Um, you know, he kind of broke onto the scene last year, got some you know good innings in, and I think that he carries that over to this year. So I'm going with Ian Anderson to be your uh, NL uh, Rookie of the Year winner. So in the uh, Cy Young conversation in the AL, I'm actually going, I'm looking at the uh, South side of Chicago. I'm looking at Lucas Giolito. Um, I mean, he is just everything that you want in an ACE level guy. Um, I mean, he threw a no hitter last year. So I think, I think he's right there in the conversation. Um, so I will take him in the AL In the NL. I'm going to go the same way as Craig for the, literally for the same reason, took the words out of my mouth for you, Darvish one. Can't believe he hasn't already won one, two. I think he found his way back to Cy Young form in the back half of 2019 with the Cubs. So that's why I really believed in what he showed us in 2020. If he was still in Chicago this year, I would make the same pick. I, I would think he would, I think he would win the national league Cy Young in Chicago. So I thought, well, if I was going to pick him in Chicago and he went to, you know, a, easily a better team in San Diego, why would I not go with him there? Um, so I think he'll finally get his Cy Young there, but it'll be not with Texas or even with Chicago. It'll be with San Diego. Uh, who could have seen that five years ago? So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, in the MVP conversation, I'll agree with Craig in the NL on uh, Mookie Betts. I mean, it's almost a no-brainer. I, I hope it's a, a tight race. I mean, you have guys like Freddie Freeman. If he puts up another big year, obviously he can go back-to-back. Um, I mean, Soto, Fernando I Tatis. A good pick. Juan Soto could have a huge year and take it. I mean, Fernando Tatis. Uh, I mean, even Manny Machado is a, is a guy that can play at that level as well. There's a lot of guys in the NL individually that can that can go that far. Um, but I, I think Mookie Betts, just the way he played last year, uh, is just, I mean, if we didn't have Mike Trout in the game, there would be no debate on who the best player in baseball would be, and that would be Mookie Betts right now. So 
Uh, I'll take him. And in the AL, that's who I'm going to take. I'm going to take Mike Trout. It's, again, just almost too easy uh, to to take that low-hanging fruit that is Mike Trout. He didn't win it last year, so I feel like the voters would be like, well, he didn't win it last year, so we might as well – he gets it this year because, you know, he'll just put up Mike Trout numbers once again. And, uh, and I so think he'll win three that years – three years is the biggest gap between when he's won MVP. Like he won it in like, I think like 2015, yeah. then like, then he won it like a couple years later, then he won it again, like a couple more years later. Like he's just, I think this yeah. would be number four if he were to win it again. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the Peyton Manning and LeBron James effects. When, when you're talking about MVP where you're like, well, we just can't give it to him every year, even though he's the best. So, so since we, he didn't get it last year, we're allowed to give it to him this year. It, it, you know, is Peyton won four LeBron has 97 of them. I mean, like it, you know, so I, I think it'll be Trout this year. Uh, when you talk about the rookie of the year, I think that's going to be a really interesting race. It almost always is, but I think this year especially, you've got a lot of guys um, in both leagues that it, it's hard to pick. Um, in the AL, I am going to go with the Rays, but not their outfielder. I'm going to go with their shortstop, Wander Franco. Uh, I mean, he has been ranked baseball's number one prospect for the last two years. Uh, I mean, he is as hyped as hype gets. Um, as long as his name's not Jason Dominguez, but he is ready to go. Um, and he's not a power hitter, which is the only reason I kind of went with him over uh, Randy or Rosarena. I think, I think he's got uh, Rosarena is going to be great, but I think, you know, you you look so much at the home run numbers that it's, it's near impossible to sustain that over a full season. So I'm going to go with the, I guess, more polished bat already in Wander Franco, uh, who's going to be an elite level shortstop uh, for many, many years to come in the national league. The pirates are going to get an award uh, and that's going to be their third baseman. Key Brian Hayes. Um, he is the odds on favorite right now to win that national league rookie of the year. So um and he was a lot of fun to watch last year, breaking onto the scene in that shortened year. So I think he can win it all this year. Uh, my dark horse for the rookie of the year, look out for Cubs catcher Miguel Amaya. He actually has the 12th best odds, uh, according to Vegas Insider right now, to win uh, the rookie of the year. And I think he's going to get – he could potentially get some playing time. If you if uh, if David Ross wants to move his lineup around and move Contreras out to the outfield, we've seen that before with Joe Madden. Um, so if you move, you know, Contreras out there for a, you know, a, a stretch, you can get Miguel Amaya some, some appearances, you know, behind the plate and at the plate, or even potentially who knows, maybe Amaya's working on, uh, you know, being an outfielder or you use him in the DH spot because his bat is that good. Um, so he could be a bit of a dark horse contender. Yeah, it's a homer pick, but you know, he's there for a reason. So, but yeah, I think Q Brian Hayes is going to win the National League Rookie of the Year and Wander Franco will win the AL one. That's my I I give you enough time there, Michael, to to sort through your stuff and and get your guys. I I actually had everything, and then I realized oh, that Carter nah, Kibo yeah. wasn't <laughs> yeah, a we'll just... uh, wasn't a rookie anymore. Ah. So I was oh, like, oh yeah. crap! I have to think of a new rookie of the year. I completely forgot. That was another thing. Played. Henry Rowan. That was another. That was another thing when I was talking when I was looking for rookie of the year. Henry Rowan Carter. There you go. I. uh I wanted for the AL, I actually wanted Luis Robert. And then I was like, well, he played too much last year. So he actually doesn't qualify anymore this year. Um, otherwise, I was like, that would be far and away who I would take. All right. So, Cy Young, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Lance Lynn in Chicago. I think he did really well on a bad Houston team last year. And I feel like that was a really underrated pickup for Chicago. So I see Lance Lynn, especially like Cy Young's going to be really hard award to pick this year anyway because of the amount of innings stress that's going to be placed on these starting pitchers this year compared to last year. 
So I think Lance Lynn, he's going to probably, I don't want to say fall out to me, but I think he's going to end up being the Cy Young in a very tough, tough American League for pitchers. National League-wise, I wanted to go you Darvish. I wanted Please to go Trevor did. Bauer. Yeah, yes, I, I actually did. I actually really, really did. Um, but, Say man, it's just – it's hard not to pick Jacob deGrom mm-hmm. with, okay. with actual okay. run support this year. Yeah. So yeah. I was sitting there thinking, like, I want to pick Bauer. I know you're all going to give me shit for it. But <laughs> I, I had to go with DeGrom just purely because of how much better that team has gotten around DeGrom now and he has real run support. So I see DeGrom actually taking the Cy Young again. I know it's a really surprising pick. It's a dark horse pick, but I think DeGrom's got it this year. I don't know who that is, but he might win. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Look I don't at, know. Look, up, look, look, up. look, at, know. My, look, look at Michael coming with a pick with back with some logic and some reasoning. I like it. It's a nice change of pace. This one's going to piss y'all off, though. Um, we'll see. MVP. Yeah. Mookie is great. I love Mookie. But it's going to Tatis. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Like, that's Tat- he's a close too. Oh, yeah. It's- like, and I want, and again, Mookie Betts is a guy I feel like who would be deserving of it. But Tatis has all the media attention. He is mm-hmm. a big energetic hitter that's breaking the sport popular again. It would almost be a crime not to give him one this year. Unless the unless there's an MLB the show curse cover curse that's popping up now. But it's it's gotta be him. AL wise, this one was actually tougher. But we were talking before about Luis Robert making a step up or going with Mike Trout. It would be the easy pick. Man. Craig, didn't he say I he think had this Luis Robert. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to build up suspense here, okay? But uh, I think Luis Robert <laughs> is going to have a monster season this year. And especially since I have the White Sox going all the way to the World Series, well, who do you think is going to help kind of put him on his back and take him there? Yeah. Robert is going to go off this year. Peg it. It's going to be exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. Rookie of the year-wise, Wander Franco is an easy pick. Like, especially if he gets real playing time this year. Yeah. I love Randy Rosarena. I don't know how all the offseason stuff this past year is going to impact his playing time this year. But Wander Franco is he's going to be a monster once he actually gets here. It's just a matter of when. Whenever he starts playing, that's the year he's going to win the Cy Young. And then NL, this is where I, I had Key Boom, and I'm like, oh, crap, who else is going to be a rookie this year? Um, Dylan Carlson still has rookie of eligibility, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't go like Hunter Green. Hunter Green, yeah. I don't think I, – I want him to make it up, but I, I think if he gets here, he's not going to play the full season this year. He's had too many injury issues. Even though he's had a year off, I don't know if Hunter Green, since he hasn't been called up, and I don't think he actually made the full uh, fifty man. Um, I don't see him doing it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Dylan Carlson just because that man is. If when he gets when he gets a roll, roll, he's gonna be scary, and I can't. Yeah. I don't want to see it this year, but I think <laughs> this is gonna be the year where he actually really helps. 
Cardinal the Cardinals finish uh, finish third in that division. <laughs> I like it. Behind, of course, day. Cincinnati and Chicago. Right, right, right. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> well, that will do it for this week's edition of the Crash Course Podcast. Thank you again uh, to Chris Simmons, Michael Robinson for stepping in uh, from the MCT Podcast. Go check them out uh, this weekend, uh, 3C Media on YouTube. Go ahead and check that out. They we have a new pod over there every week, is, including this one as well. Um, so make sure you guys uh, go over there. Subscribe. We're at 29 subscribers, so we're almost at 30 uh, mark. So go over there. Also, uh, remember, you can like us on Facebook, Crash Course Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Crash Course FM. Um, watch us every week on Twitch, twitch.tv slash 3C Media, where you can give your live input if you want to. Um, and then also you can listen to us every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can hear the Crash Course Podcast. Quickly, gentlemen, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Mister. That's spelled out M I S T E R Topher T O P H E R ninety two. It's at Mister Topher ninety two for uh, a little bit of fun. A lot of just retweets, but a lot of good stuff. <laughs> and you can find me at D R one V E T R U Drive True on Twitter for just memes and some spicy content, as well as yeah, just retweeting a lot of just kind of some hilarious stuff around sports. That will do it for this week. You guys, you will see these guys on the MCT podcast later in the week uh, next Tuesday. So not next Monday, next Tuesday, B Scott and I will be live because of course we're taking an extra day for uh, the uh, national championship for the NCAA tournament. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Also some stuff with the IU head coaching, uh, head coaching hire as well. Um, so that's what you can look forward to uh, later on this week, as well as next, next week uh, with three C media, but until then have a good week, everybody.